Okay, good evening. In honor, today is happy Lag Bomer to everyone. So in honor of Lag Bomer, we're going to learn a discourse about Lag Bomer. And I only learned a little bit of this. I didn't really learn this well, so we're going to learn it together instead of this being a serious class. I'm just going to try to figure it out together as we learn. So this is a mimer that was said in the year Tavshin Memhei. Said this is from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. It was said, Memhei, Nunhei, Samachei, Ayinhei, and so it's uh, thirty. Ah, th- oh, wow! Look at that, thirty-three years ago. And being that the log is thirty-three, that's your connection. This is the discourse of thirty-three years ago. We know that Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, the master of the esoteric, of the inner light of the Torah. He's like Moshe Rabbeinu in that he's the constant flow of the esoteric and mystical side of the Torah that is revealed through them. Just like by Moshe Rabbeinu, it's a Moshe Rabbeinu being that Torah is continuously being taught to the world. So every teacher is Moshe. Or like it says that every generation has Moshe Rabbeinu in, the, in it. So just like Moshe Rabbeinu is in every generation, those special tzaddikim who merited to be the teachers of the esoteric part of the Torah, so they are the neshama of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. And therefore, when we learn the discourse of the Rebbe 33 years ago, it fits really well with the idea that we should be studying the teachings of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai because he is Reb Shimon Bar Yochai in this generation because he was the master of the inner light of the Torah, the Torah of Rajbi. So therefore, that's what we're going to learn tonight. Here we go. Lahavin Inyan Rajbi, to understand the idea of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. We make a whole big to-do of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai more than we make of anyone else. Meaning any of the other tzaddikim, there were many sages. You know, and the Gemara has you know so many sages, the Tanoim, and we don't go on their gra- on by their uh, tzion, with their their gravesite, and 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 dance the night away, and make fires, and have to, uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people of uh, making a pilgrimage or a flock to their. We don't do that. But yeah, we do. Why? And we sing his praises. You know, we all familiar with the lagbomer by Yachai song. And all the other nagunim that are sung, traditional songs. Um, and they all, different than any other holiday, they're focusing on a tzaddik. It's not a holiday focusing on God. It's focusing on a tzaddik. And we're literally singing praises to the tzaddik like we would usually be do, singing praises to God. It's, and they're, they're awesome praises. We sit and we praise Reb Shalom Yochai with like incredible praise. I don't even find that we should sing such songs for Moshe Rabbeinu like we sing for Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. So what is the idea? So it is known, the Rebbe says, his predecessor, the fourth Chabad Rebbe, Reb Shmuel, he said a mimer Lag Boimer, the one who gave us the teaching of always leaping over obstacles. This that we find in the Zohar, that they praised Reb Shemim Bar Yochai 
with incredible, incredible praises. They praised Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. They praised Reb Shimon Bar Yochai with incredible praises. I thought you have so many sweaters and scarves. There's another one there. Yeah, I thought you were going to be good. They praised Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. Next week I'll bring you a blanket, a good blanket. Um, they praised Reb Shimon Bar Yochai b'shvachim neiroyim with incredible praises. Kamoi Reb Yehuda have a karelei Shabbos. Reb Yehuda used to win Reb Shimon. Reb Yehuda used to call Reb Shimon Bar Yochai Shabbos. That's how we refer to it. Meaning to say that just like Shabbos is on a whole different level than all the other days of the week, it's not like Shabbos is not just another day plus. Shabbos is a complete different existence, a whole different reality. The same Reb Shimon Bar Yochai is not just a little bit higher than all the sages, he's, like a, he's on a class on its own. Just like Shabbos is a class on its own from the rest of the week, the holiness of Shabbos is incomparably greater than the holiness of the week. So too Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, is, his holiness is way above all the other tzaddikim. And then another one. Man Pnei Ha'adayin Hashem Darajbi. Here's another one, watch this. The Zohar says, when it says three times a year you should come see the face of the Master Hashem, come look at God's face. So the Zohar says, that's Reb Shimon Ba Yochai. Go look at Reb Shimon Ba Yochai's face and you're looking at Hashem. That's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a pretty serious praise. Um, so these are, and that's why the Rebbe calls it Shvachim Noiroim. Awesome praises. Now when we say awesome, I don't mean the cheap word awesome from California. I mean the true meaning of the word awe, something that strikes deep tremble and awe. That's the idea. So in order to understand why they're praising Reb Shemim Yochai like this, and as I told you that this tradition of praising Reb Shemim Yochai exists till today, last night we were dancing around the huge fire here, and we were singing Songs praising Rav Shimon Yochai. Amazing praise about it. So we're going to understand this by understanding all the praises that we praise Hashem. At first, it seems to be a wonder. Does God need us to praise Him? Why do we praise Him so much? Does Hashem really, truly, indeed need our praises? It is known the explanation. Why we praise God? Since all the worlds are insignificant to Hashem, they're nothing to the front of God. And the hashpa that Hashem gives the world is a very big descent from from Hashem's perspective to come and give life or anything to the world is lowering Himself down immensely. And therefore, so it's in other words, if the world would have been of in essence of great significance and in great importance, so the relationship that Hashem with the world could have been taken for granted. And therefore we can expect that if he's the creator, someone plants a garden, so we can expect they'll take care of the garden because they planted the garden. And so it's meaningful to that. Someone builds a home and they invest their time, their resources, their energy, their money 
in their house, they'll take care of their home. So if God created a world and he invested in it, we expect that he will take care of his creation. That's only if what? If it's something that you really invest in. But if you were sitting during a class and you were just scribbling and uh, what is it called? Doodling. And then, so is it to say that you're going to be in three months from now still busy with that paper that you doodled some images? It's nothing. It came completely without your deep investment and so on and so forth. When Hashem created the cosmos and the universe, He didn't invest too much of Himself. Quite on the contrary, He had to conceal His power. A little bit too much power and boops, everything was exploding. He had to hold back all of His light. So it was a little doodle that God did and He created the world. And therefore, that makes the world being utterly insignificant before Him. And if it's utterly insignificant, why should He take care of it or in continue to continue to invest in this creation which the creation is really insignificant so therefore we need to do some it's, it's incumbent upon us it's incumbent upon us to do some to put an effort to do something extra to engage God to continue supporting the world so what is that we do therefore he says therefore he says and therefore, in order to evoke by Hashem, may He be blessed, that Hashem should have a desire to give life to the worlds, and this comes through praises. When we praise God, the praise that we give Him inspires Him to want to be in a relationship with us and to fulfill that which we are praising Him. If we say, you are a compassionate, caring one, that makes Hashem compassionate on us. It draws forth God's compassion upon us because we praise them as a compassion. So we're going to see the question he's going to ask, if we are insignificant, then our praises are insignificant. Why would the praises be? Understand, if something is insignificant and unimportant, let's say someone that is in, that, that this great, great, whatever, looks at, says, oh, he's a nobody. So if this person will sing praises, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But if he gets kind of a connection with someone who's very meaningful in the eyes of the king, someone who has, who's really, you know, an important person, and if that person praises the king, that the king is compassionate on, and says, you're compassionate everybody, and you're compassionate on poor people, or whatever, that can evoke by the king a desire for compassion to the poor person, to the insignificant one. I'm giving an example. So, the question he's later going to ask in the discourse if the ones who are praising God are, are, are creatures within the creation, how does our praise mean anything to him that that should evoke in him? If we would go to somebody that's outside of the current system, we would have connections to an entity that's not the insignificant creation. And that entity will praise God that, that he is compassionate on the world. We can understand that, mean, that having value. But if not, so that we'll see later. But just as just what we learned so far is the essential idea. That the reason why you praise someone and to in order to inspire is when there is a great distance between the giver and the receiver. And it requires an extra effort in order to get them involved. So through the praise. That's why the sages say. The sages instituted this in davening. That always a person should first 
um, lay out the praises of Hashem and afterwards you should daven. Afterwards you should daven. That means that before we start asking, what's the main part of tefillah? Not from a Hasidic perspective, from a halachic perspective. Not that I'm saying halachic and Hasidic is... Uh, I'm just saying from the, from the dry halacha. In the Hasidic understanding of prayer is attachment to God. But from halacha, it's requesting your needs. So the Shemona Esrei is the highlight of prayer because that's when you're requesting your needs. But we don't go immediately to Shemona Esrei. Only by Mincha we kind of. But even by Mincha, we don't go immediately to Shemona Esrei. We first say Ashrei. And then the Shachris, we say a whole lot of, of Psalms, Sukkot de Zimra, verses of Psalm. Why? Because we can't ask God on first, on, until we first praise Him that He is the Almighty, Great, Giving, Generous, Kind, Benevolent King, and therefore. And the Rebbe is saying, you see the same idea. The Hagam, and even though, even though one can argue, one can say, I'm not praying because I want to pray. I'm praying because God commanded me to pray. And therefore, what do you mean I can't evoke God's mercy or compassion or kindness? God told me to speak to him, to, to, make him a, to, to, to give him a ring if I need something. So that's an empowerment from Hashem. Hashem empowered us to pray. So the Rebbe is saying, it's true. Even though you were empowered to pray by God, God himself gave you his business card. And said, whenever you're in need, here's my cell number, call me. And a person says, God said that to us. So that's an empowerment that Hashem Himself told us. But yet, since God is so, 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 so awesomely great, and so beyond the creation, we still have to praise Him to get His attention. Even though tefillah is a mitzvah saseh. We need to request our requests from Hashem. And when the Torah commands something, that itself is an empowerment. We still need to lay out the praises of God. Which through this we evoke by Hashem. The desire to be mashpia that the desire that God should want to give the needs of the one that's praising. So just like it is with Hashem, that we praise Him in order to kind of create the atmosphere for Hashem to respond to us and give us what we're requesting. Same as in regarding to Reb Shimon Bar The sages needed Reb Shimon They needed His input. We're going to see soon in the Mimer, Rav Shimon Bar Yochai was giving the, would give the sages a certain power for them to be sages. Without Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, poof, all the sages don't have their power. He is the deepest point of connection between God and the sages, so they need him. But he, but since he is so infinitely higher than them, if they would not praise him, then he, they. All the sages are utterly insignificant in the eyes of Rav Shimon Bayachai. And therefore, why should he empower them? He empowers them through them praising him. Similar to Hashem. It's an amazing thing. This idea, we can say, oh God, we can say that, because God is so high. Yet, 
we apply the same idea to the tzaddik Reb Shem Yochai. That he so much, and being that the sages required or needed, it was a necessity, that he should constantly feed them with the spiritual energy that he possessed, a certain light that he had, that he had to bestow and shine into their souls. And for them to receive it, they needed to do an extra effort, and that is to praise it. Regarding to because Reb Shemem Bayachai, because of his powerful greatness, his quality, which he's way superior to all the Tanoyim, all the other. He was separated from them. In a matter where there's no comparison, in order that they should evoke his Shefa, his flow, they needed to praise him. We can say, the Masha, now the Rebbe adds a bomb. Not only, just like with Hashem, in order to, to draw from him influence, we praise him first because of the great gap that there exists between us and God. So we're using that concept to Rebbe But obviously everybody will say it's not the same. With God, it's God. But with Rav it's in a minuscule way, you know. He says, no, no, no. The Rebbe says, since we're using the marshal of Hashem to explain the distance, it means that we're not just applying the concept, but we're, but we're actually applying the idea itself, the similarity. In what sense? Not that Rav Shemim is God. What we are saying is that his superiority, his greatness, his elevation over his colleagues, over all the other students, or the, all the other um, tzaddikim and rabbis of his times, was so vast, similar, similar, to the vast gap that there is between the creator and the creation. Just like we understand the, the difference between the creator and the creation is absolute, it's infinite. Therefore, Reb Shimon Yochai's elevation over the rest of the sages was also of such a vast difference that it, it's comparable. That's the idea. The Masha Kosibamaimer, we just said it says in the Maimer, the Indian Shifche Rashbi, that the Shavachim, the praises for Epshim and Vayachoi. Yuvam will be understood, me Indian Shavachi Shalmakoim will understand it from the praises of Hashem. It's not only a proof. In order to evoke Hashpah, when we have to evoke Hashpah, an influence that doesn't have any Erech, we need praises. It's not only for that idea, but also to tell you, that the gap and the vast difference of the other Tanoim compared to Reb Shimon Bayochai, who bidugmas is similar, it's similar to the gap and the great distance between a creator and the creations. <laughs> I can't contain myself. I can't contain myself. I can't contain myself from saying something related to what we're learning. So I know it's being recorded. I know it's even on Facebook Live. But you know what? I think the time has come to talk freely. I teach, you know, sometimes I, I, I teach in diff, I taught in different schools and here in community. And basically, and sometimes I go to oh, whatever, different schools. And um, 
and I also hear from people that go to those schools. So a lot of times there's like this teachers uh, talk about all the Gedoli Yisrael, all the leaders of the Jewish people. And they have pictures on the wall of many of the Sephardic rabbis and uh, Rosh Hashiva and Hasidic rabbis. And everybody's on the wall. But for some reason they failed to put the Lubavitcher Rebbe on the wall. I know why they failed to put the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Because there's something that they're uncomfortable with. People are uncomfortable with the Rebbe because the Rebbe is too much for them. Too much. They just can't fathom. They can't put their kip mind. So in their minds, you know, they just ignore it. Even though he's the tzaddik that turned over the entire world, reached across the whole world like no other, <laughs> like no one has done in Jewish history. No one has reached every single, reaching the Jews across the world, resurrecting a generation. I mean, his influence extends in ways that are beyond. They don't. So my reaction always is, you know, that the Rebbe doesn't belong with everyone else. Not that other people are not great. They're awesome. There's a, a lot of very big tzaddik. But you can't put, can't put the Rebbe as another gadol, another one, because he's not. He's on a complete different stage. Just like you can't put Reb Shemim by Yochai together with everyone else. There's, there, is a, there is an absolute, and it's true, and therefore... It's either, you know, you have a picture the Rebbe, or you put Gedolim. You can put the Rebbe together with Gedolim. I mean, that's not the reason why they're doing it that way. But I'm saying the Panemius degrees. Why? Okay, that's my little, that's just my little, uh, little Maimar uh, Musger. What's called a parenthetical thought. <laughs> okay, and that's why I don't know. I'm just I'm tired. When I'm tired, I say everything that I usually I'm usually filtered. When I'm tired, I'm unfiltered. So today I'm unfiltered. I'm very tired, so I'm very unfiltered. So therefore, um, here I'll say something else. You know, the Chabadniks. Whenever you hear, the only place that you hear people speaking passionately about Moshe Rabbeinu are the Chabadniks. I mean, you know, I mean, you go about Hashem. Eh? But like really, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu. But you know, when a Chabadik talks about Moshe Rabbeinu, he means the Rebbe, because only in Chabad when they speak, Moshe, who's Moshe Rabbeinu? The Rebbe is Moshe Rabbeinu. In our generation, of course. So when Chabadnik celebrate Reb Shimon Vayachai, who are they singing? They're singing. It's also Rebbe. <laughs> who's the Shimon Vayachai? Who's Moshe Rabbeinu? And it's true. Meaning to say that these people, Moshe Rabbeinu's light and Reb Shimon Vayachai's energy. If it's 3,000 years ago, what are you dancing about today? What do you have with it? Energy. Not 3,000 years. I mean, of course, it's, it's that old energy, but why are you dancing about it now? The answer is it, it is, it exists now. It exists now in the person that promotes these people and what they stand for. So he encapsulates, in his neshama, he encapsulates their souls, their energy. And therefore, it's true. He's Moshe Rabbein. And he is Rav Shimon So when we're learning over here about the great distance, this is true about the Balshemtov in the days of the Balshemtov. He wasn't just another tzaddik; he was in a complete different league. It was true about the Arizal on the days of the Arizal. It was true about the Rambam probably in the days of the Rambam. There's certain tzaddikim if you go through, you know. and uh, so it's true about Rav Shimon But when we're talking about it, we have to realize 
that we're talking current, we're not talking back then. This is also what it says in the Mimer. The Mimer actually, the, he, he's quoting his great grandfather's discourse where he says that in regards to the Shimon Ba Yochai, they would praise him not just with special praise, he uses the word, as I said earlier, awesome praise. Which the word awesome means it casts a tremor and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a it, it really causes you to shiver. It's like the, it's awesome. It's what I said before. The, 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 the uh, California uh, ruined the impression of the word awesome. It became such a silly word. But, but when we talk about the true meaning of awesome, the Lasha Noira, the meaning of Noira, Moira al Inyan, Shamudal Ba'erech Legamri is indicative of something that is completely in a different level. Until it casts fear. So therefore, you have to say, why would Reb Shemar cast fear? Meaning, it's because his elevation and his greatness is incomparably greater to everyone else with the distance of the creator to the creation. That's how vast the, the difference is. The Let's understand that. What made Reb Shemim Ba Yochai? In what sense is Reb Shemim Ba Yochai completely above all the other sages? The Hinexiv, for behold, it says in Apostle, the Isanim Moiste Oretz. The mighty ones, the Isanim, he's the strong ones, Moiste Oretz, the founders of the earth. So it says, Isanim Oisiyas Tanoim. So the Zohar says, that the word Eisanim, the strong ones, the founder of the earth, is referring that the word Eisanim is the same letters as the word Tanoim. The Zohar makes an interesting observation. The mighty ones, the powerful ones. Eisanim is plural for the word Eitan. Eitan means strong. Eitanim means the, the many strong ones. They are considered, and who are they, these these Eitan? They are the Tanoim, because the word Eisanim is Tanoim, same word. Moiste, they are the foundation of Aretz, the earth. What's the earth? What? They're the earth, we know in, in Kabbalah and Hasidus, we always learn that earth is Sfiras HaMalchus. Because Chachma is called Shamayim, and because it's the roof, it's the ceiling of the world of Atzilus, of the ten Sfiras. And Malchus is called Aretz, it's called earth. Sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Teferis, is called Shemayim. And uh, Malchus is called Aretz, the highest and the lowest. Now Malchus, Aretz, we know, it says in, in, in Tukune Zohar, or Pasach right now remember which one it is that we say, Malchus Pat, Torah Malchus is Torah Because the Torah because what's Malchus? Malchus is God's governing, governing the worlds. That's Malchus. When Hashem lowers Himself down to govern the worlds, God governs the worlds through the Torah Shabal Peh, because that's the rules, that's His laws, and the entire worlds work by the system of Torah. Whether we down here are compliant with the Torah or not necessarily compliant, but the worlds are governed by the Torah, and the more compliant we become with the Torah. The, more, the less obstruction there is in the flow of life in the world. Because the worlds are governed by the Torah. If the worlds are governed by the Torah, now when we say Torah, what do we mean by Torah? 
you can't only the only because in Torah there's two parts there is the written Torah and there is the oral Torah the oral Torah what's called Torah Shemalpeh is where the Torah gets down to the nitty gritty of life if you're learning only Chumash you have very rich godly concepts but you don't have a mode of daily behavior you don't have a guidebook for everyday living in order to live every day in your life according to God's will the Torah has to enter into all areas of life and that's what happens in Torah Shabbat Peh so therefore the Torah Shabbat Peh is called Malchus Peh it's the Peh, it's the mouth it's the final, what's the mouth? the mouth of a king is where the king issues forth a clear directive and an edict or a law of how the king wants the land to run so therefore Torah Shabbat Peh is called Malchus because God governs through the Torah. Which part of Torah? Torah Shabbat And it's also called Eretz. Because Malchus is called Eretz. So Torah Shabbat is called Eretz. Earth. Who are the ones who structure Torah Shabbat The oral law. If you open up Mishnayis, it doesn't say, Amar Hashem. Hashem says, When do you reach him out? Or Amar Hashem. Uh, or Hashem says, um, what is it over there? Uh, two people holding on to a talus. It doesn't say that. You know what it says? It says, Rabbi Meir Oimer, Rabbi Akiva Oimer, Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Beis Hillel Oimrim, Beis Oimrim. So who are the ones who structure Torah Shabbal Peh? That's the, that, those are the Tanoim. So that's why it's called Tanoim Eisanim Moiste Oretz. The Eitanim, the strong ones, the mighty ones. Who are they? They are the Tanoim. And what do they do? Moiste Aretz. They clarify and develop the Torah Shabbat. Because God didn't really specify the nuances of His will. God gave us a general idea of that He wants Shabbos as a day of rest. But He didn't give us the nuances of how to keep Shabbos in the full-fledged practical application in order to keep Shabbos in practical application the sages needed to extrapolate it from, from, from small little nuanced incredible nuanced observation of study of scripture of Torah and from there they were able to develop all the laws and applications so they're actually the ones who are the founders of God's governing power of the world that's why it says actually that the sages are called are called kings, because Torah Shabbat is Hashem's kingship, and the sages are the ones who develop the law. They're not saying their own thing. They're saying what God intended when God said He should keep Shabbos. They're describing it. So they are the kings, Man Malkei Rabbanan, and that's why we also know that the sages have dominion over the world. And when they didn't like something in the world, they can change it. Why? Because they're, they're, they're operating in the, oper- in the operating room. They're, in the, they're at the place where everything, <laughs> you know, the world is following a system of Torah. And they're at the very, um, 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 uh, what is it called, the operation room, where they're, where they're, where they're cons- so if they see something they don't like in the world, they, 
clarify a Torah idea and it changes in the world. That's the idea. So the Inexiv Aisanim, the, the, the mighty ones, Moise de Aretz, the founders of the earth, Aisanim, Oisi is Tanoim. So Aisanim are the same letters as Tanoim. The Hemamiyastim, and they're the ones who set as a foundation, they're the ones who, 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 who set up as Torah Shabbat the oral law, Shanikra, and Shanikra's Bishem Eretz, that's called Eretz. Hainu, Shemam Shichem, Chenas Eitan, Betorah Shabbat So, let's understand something. The Pasik doesn't say Hatanoim Moistei Aretz. The Pasik says Ha'etanim Moistei Aretz. So if the Pasik wants to say there are going to be Tanoim and these Tanoim are Moistei Aretz, so what should it say? Hatanoim Moistei Aretz. No, the Pasik says Eitanim Moistei Aretz. The Zoyar says that Eitanim is the same word as Tanoim. So we have to say that the Tanoim, what is their work? What do they do for the Eretz? They bring the Eitan to the Eretz. In other words, the merit of the Tanoim, the value of the Tanoim in being Moise de Eretz, they're the founders of the earth, is they connect the Eitan to the Eretz. What does that mean? Oh. So what is the Eitan? So we said before, Eretz is the last and final sphere the last and final attribute of God, where God is governing, speaking, His mouth. Eitan represents the innermost point of all attributes, the Keter or the Chachma, Chachma or Keser, that's Eitan. Usually Eitan, I think, is most of the time associated with Keser. Now, sometimes there can be a certain miscommunication or a lack of, of synchronization between the, the Kesser and the Malchus, between the inner point and the outer point. Which means that sometimes not everything is perfectly collaborated. Which would mean that the, which you find sometimes, that your, your thought, speech, and action, which you're behaving, isn't really reflecting your true, true, deepest desire of what it's really all about. So sometimes you need an alignment to align what your behavior is, what you're saying, what you're saying or how you're communicating with it should be consistent with the... So, it was, so here's a very, very difficult structure because you're dealing with taking God, God's desires and wants, which are infinite, which are deep, which are tremendously... and accurately communicating it in a finite way to a finite world. It's very, very easy that something is going to get lost in that communication. Because you have to limit it, because you have to diminish it, because you have to constrict it, because you have to say it so, so, um, so uh, softly that the world should not get overwhelmed by the intensity of these ideas. It shouldn't be too intense. And you have to consider two things. You have to consider the recipient. But on the other hand, sometimes because, because you're considering the recipient, you give up on the message. So you give a different message. It's a problem. So here's a little bit of a so here's a jo, here here's the challenge. The challenge is to be able to get the Eitan. The Eitan is the 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 Ratzel, the supernal will of God. Eitan represents Eitan means firm, firm, strong, absolute, unchanging. That's the Abishter himself. It's his light prior to having a relationship with the world. Malchus is God already communicating with the world. In order that there should be a a a a a direct flow between, 
between you have to draw the Eitan into Malchus. The Orin Sof has to go to Malchus. That's the job of the Tanoim. The Tanoim in, in formulating Torah Shabbat Peh was that they had to be able to capture what does God really desire and put it into, as we're saying before, into bite size delivery. <laughs> so this is the idea. They draw down the Eitan, the strength of the Eibishter in Torah Shabbat. Now the Rebbe says, that's what the job of all the Tanoim is. What's Reb Shimon by Yochai's, what's his business? He gives them that Eitan. That means their main work is Torah Shabbat, creating the, creating the message that's being spoken. Reb Shimon by Yochai is the one channeling to them the Eitan, meaning the, 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 what the Eibishter really wants, deep, deep, deep inside. Because he's nuanced into the inner, innermost of, of the, of the Ratzana Elgin of the supernal will. And from his innermost place, because he's, why? Because he's so one with God, Reb Shimon by Yochai's Neshama, he senses the Ratzana Elgin as it truly is. And he's able to communicate that Orin Sof to the Tanoim, and that they should not lose something in the translation as they're bringing it down into practical halacha. So he's basically the one who gives the pnimius into their chitzonius. They're the external expression. And he keeps them synchronized with the pnimius, not to lose chas v'sholem, that thing. Yes, we can say, the drawing of the Eitan to the Tanoim, this Eitan, who al yadei Reb he gives it to them and they plant it into Torah Shabbat. Who al yadei Reb Shimon Bayochai, shahu hayahamamutza, he was the mediator bein b'chenas Eitan between the Eitan lahatanoim to the Tanoim. Kemavua baruch haba Maimer, as explained at great length in the Maimer, we learned this Maimer last a, a while ago when we were learning the Maimer of the Rebbe Marash. Beginning with the word Vehechrem. So in that mimer, uh, we just, uh, that's where he explains this inyan. Okay. So now let's understand. So now we know that Roshbi is way above them because he is the one who's, who's, who is attached to the Eitan. He gives them, so in other words, he gives them their power to be Tanoim. Without them, without him, in Yiddish, there's an expression, It's an expression that you can't translate in English, so I'm just going to leave it as it is. Okay, if I translate it, it doesn't want to have any money. A kapelitschmacher is someone who makes a hat. A hat is called, in Yiddish, in Polish, Yiddish is called a kapelitsch. Uh, not a fedora, but one of the ones that uh, you're... Um, The, 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 the felt ones, the sarcopolich. So you know. The copolich hats, so it looks like it wasn't an easy job to make a copolich. A guy who was a hat maker, was, was a shoemaker, there was a tailor, but the guy who made the hat, that was already more of a something. But in Yiddish, there's an expression that you're ois copolich macher, that means when you stop being a hat maker, you know, they lose that power. But am I saying that the tanoim, 
are all big machers. They create Torah Shabbat Peh. That's a Kabbalah Shemacher. But they need Rav Shemim Bayechai's energy. Without Rav Shemim Bayechai, they've lost all their power. They've lost all their, all, their, all their influence. They need to be plugged in. Why? So he explains why. So let's understand the shaykhs of Eitan to Reb Shemim Bayechai. Hina Yeduat is known. Where's Eitan when I need him? This whole mimer is the connection of Eitan. Let's send them, let's send Eitan a voice note. I'm sorry. I told you I'm tired today. I'm going to do weird things. It's fine. Eitan is going to get a voice note right now in the middle of his work. Hold on. Where's Eitan? Eitan, Eitan, Eitan. Hold on. No, no, no. He's coming. I know he sent me right over here. Eitan, I'm teaching the mimer Thursday night, and then I stopped the middle of the class just for you. Because here it says, Lahavin to understand. Um, if you would be here tonight, then you would know the shaykhs of Eitan to Reb But okay. You can tune in on Facebook Live and you can learn the shir now of Eitan to Reb Okay. In a Yidu, it is known. The Eitan Koyal Etzam Anashama. That Eitan is referring to the essence of the soul. See, just like above, I said earlier, there is Malchus is the lowest level, and then there is Eitan, which is the highest level. And what does it mean? Uh, uh, Eitan is the innermost of the Ein Sof, Malchus is... So, so too, all these levels, being that we're created in the image of God, so all all these levels exist within us. So we also have a Malchus. What's our Malchus? Our Nefesh... Our power of nefesh is the malchus, because the nefesh is the power of our behavior, of our expression. Then there is, but we know that above our nefesh is our ruach. That's the power of ruach, is where emotions happen. Deeper than that is intellect, neshama. And then there is chai and there is yechida. Yechida is our eitan, because yechida means totally unified with God. And that's strong, that's where the soul is unbreakable. In the levels of nefesh, ruach, there there can be fluctuations and changes. Our nefesh doesn't necessarily have to always be consistent. That's why we see within ourselves that in, in our behavior, we kind of sometimes are a little bit this way and that way. We get blown around. When it comes to, even to emotions, or you know, all over the place. Uh, intellect, even though we have sometimes you know, strong, convincing ideas in our mind, but that too can change. But then there's the rock-solid amuna, faith, of the deepest, deepest, but that doesn't change. That's where we're strong, because that comes from our yechida. So yechida is called etam. So just like, oh, now he's going to explain that Reb Shimon Bayochai, he was the yechida of the Jewish people. He's a Rebbe, that's what a Rebbe is. A Rebbe is yechida of the Jewish people. The, the Ashaykh is that's the connection also to Reb Shimon Bayachai and Mashiach. Because Mashiach is also the Yechida of the Jewish people, the grand ultimate Yechida. I'm sorry, sorry. the Hina Yidur is known the Eitan called Etzam Anashama. It's referring to the essence of the soul, which is the Yechida, that is unified with God with perfect unity, with utmost, with, with absolute unity. This is connection of Eitan to Reb Shemeh 
Ki Rajbi Oye Betachlis Ayichud. Reb Shimon Bayechai was in a state of perfect unity with God. And that's why he lived in Yechida consciousness all his life. He never ever stepped out of Yechida consciousness. We, if we're lucky, have a Yechida moment, Yom Kippur by Ne'ila, if we're lucky. Shimon Bayechai, his entire existence was Yechida. And more than that, our Yechida Sheben Efesh on Yom Kippur, on the highest, deepest Yom Kippur that we've ever had, uh, is nowhere, 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 nowhere close to Reb Shimon Bayechai's lowest Yechida moment. We can talk about an infinite gap. Because I'm dealing with, even Nefesh Roshama Nu and Roshama Chai Yechida is all relative in different levels, right? But in any case, was in a state of absolute unity. Where do we find that Reb Shimon Bayochai was in a state of absolute unity with God? Reb Shimon Bayochai says on himself, I'm just a simon. I am just a sign. What does that mean, I am a sign? I read the Zohar actually before I looked the Zohar up because I see it always in Hasidus and I never looked it up. I said, today's Lag Boma, we should look it up. The Zohar says that the world is lucky that I'm in the world. I love the way Rabbi Shimon Bayechai talks. Tzadikim, the true Tzadikim, they're not afraid to talk about themselves because they're not, they're not, they have no disconnect so they can talk about themselves because they're talking about, they're talking about Hashem, not about them. They're talking about Hashem as He is manifesting through them. So there's no... So Rabbi Shimon Bayechai says... The world is lucky I'm amongst them. Because with these other guys, he says, it's amazing. He talks about other, he talks about other sages. and not, I can't say he's talking about other sages. But he's talking about other, yeah, it seems like great people. He says that when I take them and I show them the inner secrets, that's what he says. When I take them and I show them the inner secrets, they, they're afraid to repeat it because they fear. And therefore, they, they, when they speak, they're speaking with stuttering. They stutter because they don't have confidence. And that's because the reason they're lacking confidence to be able to speak on such godly ladder matters is because the other side still has some, some grip on them. They're not absolutely pure. They still have some elements of sitra achra still connected to them. So therefore, they're uncomfortable with speaking strongly and firmly, and therefore they stutter. That, by the way, says a lot. And there's a lot to learn from that. I'm not going to get into that right now. But there is an idea, I don't mean physical stuttering. It's when people can't say the truth with absolute confidence, and they're just scared, and and you know, keep away from absolutely just being, say the M's. It's because there's a certain disconnect. If you're fully there, then you can say the truth. But in any case, then Rav Shambayachal, says, it's a miracle, not a miracle, it's a, it's, a, it's a mazel that I'm in the world. Because since I'm here, and then he says, because I am a sign, simana ba'alma. I am totally attached to God. I'm so attached to God that I am a sign for Hashem in this world. So Hasidus explains, what does that mean, I'm a sign? It means I have no personal presence of being. My being is just a sign on God. So when you see me happy, you know God is happy. If you see me kind of upset, you know that there is an upsetness above you. Because I'm just totally, I'm completely unified with Hashem. I have no separation. I'm a sign on the Eberster. That's what he said. 
Bechad. And therefore, I'm a sign in this world. Simon, I always learned the word Ba'alma. See, that's what I realized when I learned the Zohar. I always learned Ba'alma is all I am. Ba'alma sometimes means I'm nothing but a sign. That's not, I, I learned it completely wrong. Ani Simana, I'm a simon for Hashem. Ba'alma in this world. In this world, I'm a sign for Hashem. I have no, I, I, I'm not an, it's like you see someone's shadow. What's that shadow? It's a shadow of, so if you know what everything the shadow was doing, it's because the, 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 the source of the shadow was doing that. I'm just a sign of Hashem in this world. And then that's one Zohar. He's quoting two Zohars as one, but they're two separate Zohars. In a different place in Zohar it says, Reb Shimon says, is In one knot, I've become knotted to God. I am knotted, like a knot. Be'achida, in him I am unified. Be'lehita, in him I'm ablaze. Be'ezdafkus, in him I cleave. I'm totally Now I father the Rebbe says Remember we learned a few weeks ago We learned the, that Kabbalistic piece That I mentioned to you earlier That's from the, the Rebbe's father So he's referencing His father explains The three languages that Rebbe Shemir Yochai says One of them In him I am unified In him I am ablaze And in him I am Cleaving to each one represents is, is indicating another level. But these words of being a simon or being totally unified, that's the bitl and that's the yichud shemetzada yechida. The yechida shebenefesh, the, the level of yechida is in that level of unification. So if Rabbi Shimon Yechai says, This is who I am, means that he is yechida. He is in this state of oneness with God. And this is, happens. Because, this will also explain because this was his level of his own neshama. That's why he is the master of the esoteric part of the Torah. Because what's the difference between the revealed Torah and the esoteric part of the Torah? The revealed Torah is the Torah as it goes away a little bit from God. It's still Hashem's word, but it goes out to the outside. The innermost of the Torah is the Torah as it is still unified and absolutely one with God. So in order to reveal the Torah that is unified with God, we needed a unique individual whose his neshama is, comp- even after he's born in the body, and he's here in this world, he's still in a state of absolute unity with Hashem. And that is Rabbi Shem So he can reveal the inner part of the Torah that's also in a state of unity with Hashem. The inner part of the Torah is the Yechida of Torah. And that is where Rabbi Shem is the source of Pnimi Yisatayra. Razin Dairaisa, the secrets of the Torah. Shehem Nishmasa Dairaisa, which are called the Nishama of the Torah. That's one level. Rabbi Shemir Bayachai didn't only reveal the secrets of the Torah, which are the soul of the Torah, because the Torah has a body, which is the laws. The Torah has a soul. And within the soul, there is the soul of the soul, which that's the secrets of the secrets. The Razin, the Razin, and the secrets of the secrets. Shehem Nishmasa, the Nishmasa, they're the Nishama of the Nishama, which is the Yechida. When we say, because the Zohar says that there is nefesh ruach neshama. Now we're familiar with the idea of chai yechida. The Zohar doesn't use those terms. The Zohar says nefesh ruach neshama, neshama linishama, and the soul to the soul. It means the soul for the soul. That means that's the innermost of the neshama. So what's that? That two, and that itself has two levels, chaya and yechida. That's what he's saying over here. 
that in the neshama to the neshama, that includes even the yechida. And, and, and that's why Reb Shimon Bayechai is revealing it, because he is the yechida. He is unified with God. So, and, therefore, he, and therefore, he's the Eitan. And therefore, he, he nurtures all the other sages with this power so that they can draw that down into the revealed um, laws that they are that they are conveying, that it should express, it should be it should be saturated with the panemius, it should be filled and connecting, and therefore it should be consistent and synchronized with God with what God truly intended. Then not only that, you know, I'll give you a little just to appreciate this idea a little bit, you know. Chsidim always knew that when you go to ask a shaila from a rav, you want to ask a Rav, a true Yerushalayim, one who really fears God and cares about holiness and godliness in this world. You want to ask a fiery Jew and a God-fearing man. You can get a lot of Pesach halachas. You can Google and get a Pesach halach. But that's just information. You don't want a Pesach halacha from Google. Now, just like there is physical Google, there is Google. You can go to a rabbi who's also Google, because he doesn't. He's also just. He's not attached. He's not plugged in. He doesn't live every second breathing godliness. He has a lot of information. He's an encyclopedic mind. He read a lot, and therefore, uh, a lot of times rabbis they just want to make life the most comfortable, and 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 and, and therefore will give you halacha. And you know what? Is that what God wanted? Or was that just because you found a loophole and you figure it out? Boom, boom, boom. I'm not saying that sometimes in cases even a, a serious Yerushalayim, Chassidish, a real deep rabbi won't, won't be lenient. Of course, the rabbi is supposed to. But the idea is that it's dear to him God's desire very deeply. Sometimes you have rabbis that they just, you know, they just, they, just, they just have information, but they don't have the relationship with God. And you don't want to ask such a rabbi because you're not sure that the psakalacha they're giving you is consistent with the etan, with God's intention, with what the Abishta really wants. So this is the idea of Shemem Yochai keeps all the sages tuned in to the inner panemius of what it's all about. And now we add even more. So till now the Rebbe explained how Reb Shemem Yochai, he is the master, he is the etan because he is connected the Rebbe explained that the Pshimim Bayachai, he is the Eitan. He is connected to the inner, he, he, he is the master of Yechida, of Pnimi Yisator, of the secrets of the secrets. But now he's going to add another idea. Not only is Reb Shimon Bayachai the essence of the secrets, but Reb Shimon Bayachai was able to take those secrets and, and bring it down even to the revealed outer part. Because what are we learning over here? What, what's Reb Shimon Bayachai's function? amongst all the other sages. Not just that he should be a very holy tzaddik, but that he should influence them and, and enable them and empower them to do their work. So therefore he has to find, he's adding on over here, Rav Shema is not only this deep neshama connected to the innermost of God's will, but he's also a conveyor of that into the more external parts of reality. The loy oid, and that's why he adds this, el limodan nigla shaloy. Reb Shimon Bayachai wasn't only a mystic. Reb Shimon Bayachai was also a rabbi, a halachic scholar. 
which means you're not just going to find Rav Shimon Bar Yochai in the Zohar, you are going to frequently find him in the Mishnah, in the Talmud. Because, and, and, and more than that, the Alter Rebbe says that actually most of his life, most of his time, he actually studied the, the, the extrotetic part of the Torah. There's a word like that, extro, what's the word? Yeah, it is, I'm telling you. Don't, don't try this one, this is a tough one. Extro, I forgot already. Okay, there's the esoteric and exoteric. Okay, there you go. The external part of the Torah, Reb Shimon Bayachai used to learn that most of the time. Most of his time. Most of his studies were in the Mishnah, in the halachic element, even though he's the master of the Pneumius. But again, even when he learned the outer part of the Torah, the revealed part of the Torah, he learned it in the method in which you learn the inner part of the Torah, which means always remaining connected to its source. He always, whenever he learned Torah, he learned the Torah from the inside out, not from the outside in. The other sages, when they learned Torah, they were learning Torah from the outside in. They began with the outer elements, and they, from there they were trying to figure out what God wants. Reb Shemim Yochai learned the Torah from the inside, the will of Hashem finding its way out. So therefore, in, even in his most revealed elements of Torah, he, he studied the Torah in a manner of... Even his... See, let me explain something. When it's tzaddik... Oh, there's two ways of learning Torah. This is gewaldic. Why is it gewaldic? Because all this information I didn't know, I didn't... I, because... It's good. It's good to learn with people because when you learn, you 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 actually it starts lighting up. I, I, I was trying to figure this out earlier and I, I got stuck, but now it's kishma. When you learn, there's two ways of learning. One way of learning is you're uh, you're you know you're sitting down with the with the you have a shy, you have a question. Um, a scenario happened, something happened, and we need, we need to know what does the Torah say about this. Am I allowed to, in this circumstance, do so and so? And let's say there isn't a clear halacha. So you start looking at similar things. And then from, you know, you're starting with a worldly situation, and what do you want to know? You want to know what God thinks about this. What do you mean about halacha? The halacha is, what does God think about this? And you have no idea to know what God's thinking. How, how am I supposed to know what God thinks about this situation? So the first thing is, I, I, have, the, I have the information, I researched then I start looking into Torah. So I'm, lo- I'm working my way. And then I, I'm exploring more. I don't find it exactly. I find similar cases. I must go a little deeper. And then I must go a little deeper. And I must, until I get deeper and deeper and deeper, until I get to the core, core ideas, and I really understand the whole subject fundamentally. And from there, that's what a rabbi needs to do. And then from there, he can build the case back out and get to the case of what the halacha says. That's called working momata lamaila from down up. And usually when you learn nigla, when you learn nigla of Torah, that's the way you always have to learn. The revealed part of Torah works that way. You're working your way in. Like the sages, you see. They keep on saying, Mili. They had a certain tradition, but then they had to extract. How do you know this? And how do you know that? So they start working their way back. But then there are those who teach Pneumius Torah. When it's tzaddik like the Arizal, example. Reb Shimon Bar Yochai comes and starts teaching secrets. 
it's not like he opened the Chumash and started reading and, and from there extrapolated ideas. That's not what happened. He's channeling. A flood of godly influence. Suddenly he's, he is suddenly, he's, it's a form of prophecy. That's what we know when you look at, it, at our Rebbe, for instance. The difference between a mimer and a sicha. It's the same idea. Sicha is you're working your way in a subject, back and forth, asking questions, and through the many questions you have, you deduce a certain idea. But when a, when a Rebbe said a mimer, it's a whole different stereotype. He's channeling. He's channeling a godly flow from above. Insights coming from above. That's why it says... The limud of nigla the Torah is called melmatalamayla from from the out from below upward. You're going inward, trying to discover what is the godly intent or the godly idea behind it. And in pnimiyas Torah, you're working what melmayla lamata. You're 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 working from above downward, especially the teachers of pnimiyas Torah. The Arizal learned with Elio Anavi. The Balshemtov learned with Achiyashiloni. The Rabbeim learned, they received this information from above. That how many times did the previous Rebbe say his father came to him, his grandfather came to him and said a mimer? They were told all this from above. This is all channel, this is all light coming from, from above. Now we say, Reb Shemim Bayochai was unique amongst all the sages. That even when he learned the nigla of Torah, even his revealed part of Torah was not a form of extrapolating from working from the outside in, but he worked from the inside out, even when it came to halach. So this is the idea. His, his learning of nigla, was in the manner of limud lamata, drawing godliness down from above down. Why? <laughs> because since he is... See, all the others say trying to figure out what God wants. The, the sages are trying to figure out what God wants. So how do you do that? So you have to look into the, into the, um, into the books, whatever we, Hashem conveyed, and then from there we work our way in. Rav Shem doesn't have to look in what God wants. He knows what God wants because he's totally unified with God. So he feels what God wants. He just has to figure out a way how to reveal that into the revealed part of the Torah, meaning into the halachic element. He knows what the halachic is before he begins to use all. Then he just reasons his way out to the outward to convey the reasoning and the so on and so forth till he gets to a psak halacha. He's working from a complete different angle than all the other tanayim are. The other tanayim are not in the state of this attached consciousness of totally one. So they're, from, they're like a creation. They're like a being other than Hashem. We have to figure out. How do we know? So let's look at what else Hashem told us and from there do comparisons, analysis, and so on and so forth. And since they're learning Torah, Hashem gives them special siyata deshmaya, special divine, this, that they should talk and get to, they should truthfully get to what Hashem's real will is in the Torah. Clarify the subject. So that's the Chiddush. That the oif and the limud pnimi, his limud of nigla was also like pnimius. Drawing godliness down from above down. One of the, dif- the difference that of the revealed part of the Torah and the pnimius of the Torah, the inner part of the Torah. The revealed part of the Torah was enclosed in physical, physical concepts. And the reason why the Torah has dressed itself 
in all these material subjects of this world, physical subjects, is in order to rectify the world, to purify the world, to rectify the world. Which is not the case of the inner, inner, inner part of the Torah. Pnimis HaTorah is not, the subject of Pnimis HaTorah is not worldly things. Pnimis HaTorah talks about God. It's not enclosed in the world. And the learning of Pnimis HaTorah is primarily is not in order to rectify the world by purifying it, sifting it out. The main idea of Pnimis HaTorah is to draw down new light, new godliness into the world. The Eitzel Rajbi and by Reb Shimon by Yochai, he ne gam nigla. Even when he learned nigla, the revealed part of the Torah, heyer apnimius. The innermost of it was shining. The ad to the point, she gam nigla shaloi. Even when he taught nigla, hayim shachas alakusmo maila. It was it was drawing godliness. Notice, he first, Rav Shimon Bayechai, whenever he taught anything in Torah, he first knew its esoteric idea. And from the esoteric, he, it's like the Alter Rebbe says, very Gishmak, the Alter Rebbe says that when Mashiach will come, there is a question in Tanya, are we still going to have to learn the halachic elements of Torah? Or are we just going to be able to learn Hasidus and the, and the deeper teachings all, all the time? So the, the Alter Rebbe says, it's possible when Mashiach will come. But the Alter says, the Alter Rebbe proves, however, that there are still going to be certain inquiries that we're going to have to make halachically. You're going to have to know if the animal is kosher or not because the Alter Rebbe says, are we going to say that there will never be a knife that is going to be, have a little, a little blemish in it? So if a shochet is going to shecht with a knife that has a little blemish in it, you have to know if it's kosher or not. So you have so the Alter Rebbe says after Mashiach comes these are still going to be questions but the Alter Rebbe says it's possible that we, we're not going to have to learn it because it's possible that once we know the secrets behind it we'll be able to deduce its actual application we'll know from the Hasidus we'll know the, we'll know the Halacha that's awesome that's called now Rabbi Shimon Yochai was already that's going to be after Mashiach comes for all the Jewish people but until then, no one else was that way. Only Rav Shimon Bayochai. He, from the inner, inner ideas of the, of, the, of the inner light of the Torah, he would able... And that's how he learned Torah. He always came from the inside out, not from the outside in. Um, I'll give you a very simple, a very, just, or just a very simple way of understanding this. You know... Um, one second. A very simple way of, of, of understanding this, you know, there is a situation where where the people don't know what the king, what the king would like. They don't know what the king would like. The king's saying, you know, we, we know he's frustrated. You know, he wants something, and for whatever reason, uh, he, uh, the people are trying to figure it out. So they have an emergency meeting and they start figuring out this, that, that, that. What does it exactly mean? And they come to certain conclusions. What the king, based on things that he said in the past, based on things that he did, based on comparisons. To, okay, they come to a certain assumption. But then the prince joins the meeting. And the prince says, it's not what he wants. And they say, 
We have all kinds of proofs. He says, don't give me proofs. I tell you it's not what my father wants. How? He's my father. I know my father from the inside out. You see the difference? I know what my father wants. You can give me all kinds of... Uh, these are all you trying from the outside to figure out. But I know my father. I know him from the inside. I know who he is. I know his essence. I know his soul. That's the difference between Rav Shimon and Bayechai learning Nigla and everybody else. They all were on the outside looking in, trying to figure it out. He was in the inside saying, I know my father, I know what he wants. And from there he worked his way into his teaching. But it's interesting, you know that not always the halacha like Rav Shimon Bayechai. That's also an interesting idea. You would think that if this is the case, the halacha would always be like Rav Shimon Bayechai. Not true. So that's a good question. We would, we would think... But any case, the limud anigla was drawing godliness down from up down. And this is what made Reb Shimon Bayechai so much greater than all the other tanoim. Now, Reb Shimon Bayechai was not the only mystic. There were many others. But the Rebbe says an interesting thing. First of all, most of the sages were not mystics. Most of the sages... They were Bali Nigla. They occupied themselves mainly in the revealed part of the Torah. There were some individuals, a minority, that were great mystics. Then. But he says, even the mystics were different than Rav Shemuel Because the difference was like this. In those times, there was, a, there was two different... The, the mystics were mystics, and the halachic rabbis were halachic rabbis. And each one had their own field of expertise, of what they were what they were involved in. The uniqueness of Rav Shemuel B'yachai is that he was both. He was a blend of both. He was able to do both. Either they studied Nigla, or they studied the esoteric. Most of the Torah. Most of what they studied was the revealed halachic elements of Torah. Those who studied Kabbalah were very few. So says the Alter Rebbe. The Rav Yehuda, Kulei, Tenuyei, Benazikin Havim. And Rav Yehuda, most of what Rav Yehuda taught, so you're going to help me out, I shouldn't have a stiff neck, that Rav Yehuda, most of what Rav Yehuda studied was Nazikin. Now Rabbi Yehuda, not only did he study the revealed part of the Torah, but in the part of the Torah Rabbi Yehuda studied most was Nezikin. We're holding the second page. Right on the top. Nezikin are the laws of Torah dealing with um, uh, uh, with money um, uh, disputes and things like that. It's, it's um, monetary issues, arguments, and so on and so forth. Now the Rebbe says that part of the Torah is the part of the Torah where the Torah goes into the most hostile territory. Torah is going into the most unholy of places when the Torah goes in to deal with this. Why? Because the Torah is basically analyzing liars, cheaters, deceptive arguments, people that are being unhonest. Not, and the Torah is working through their arguments. That means the Torah is really enclosing themselves in a very dark place. What's the point? To bring light even into that darkness, to rectify even such. This part of the Torah has enclosed itself in such low things. In this physical world, 
in Yonah Nezikin, the matters of, of damages, Taina Shel Sheker, false arguments, in order to, to, to elevate even the sparks in things that are so low. So that's one group of sages. And then there were those whose main occupation was in the revealed part of the Torah. Meiser Merkava. They used to they, they would study the the uh, the work of the chariot. They were they, which you know they 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 which the part of the Torah that the that the Gemara refers to as the the work of the chariot, which means the godly domain. And they they were not so involved in the revealed part of the Torah. An example, he gave an example from a Yehuda who used to study all day the revealed part of the Torah. Now he's giving an example of a mystic who all he did was study the esoteric. Who he brings here from the Chida, Shema Gdoilim from the Chida, in which it says that he was the one, Nechunya ben Akana, um, authored the book called Sefer Hakana, which is a fundamental Kabbalistic um, um, uh, writing. So in the revealed part of the Torah, there is some mention of him, but very, 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 very little. Which is in the case of Rashbi. In addition to this, that his involvement in Pnimia Satyra was on a much higher level than all. The, in other words, his level of, of the esoteric was even greater than the other mystics. In addition to this, that in terms of his study of the mystical part of the Torah, he, he was above them all. But at the same time, he also revealed. revealed. He was, in, he was all the way high, high, high to the highest of the high, but he can also come down to the lowest of the low. His range was so vast. Him And not only was he in two worlds, up there in the deep esoteric elements of the Torah, and then down here in the, in the revealed part of the Torah, but even more, he revealed the secrets, he brought down the secrets into the revealed. And that's the idea. There's a pasuk that says, "I made a mechitza." God says, "I created a division, and then I heal it." and I will heal it. What does that mean? Hashem. So it says in, in an amazing teaching. Hashem says, "I made a division. There is a legitimate division that I made. What's the division that I made?" God says, "I made a mechitza between the revealed and the and the hidden part of the Torah." That's why most Jews throughout all of history have no, didn't really have much knowledge in the, in the hidden part of the Torah, inside. Most Jews studied the, the nigla of the Torah. And then when you're qualified, you're a special person, very refined person, and you learned, um, and you went to the mikveh, and you fasted, whatever, and you're over 40, then they gave you permission to learn a little panemius Torah, the hidden secrets of the Torah. But God's intention is they should not be sep- remain separated. Hashem said, I made the division, but then I want this partition to be, I want to heal the partition. I want to heal this break. That eventually the two Torahs should converge and come together. For whatever purpose, it needed to be that way for many, many years. But afterwards, Hashem wants the conversions. Reb Shimon Bayachai was the first barrier breaker between these two parts of Torah in which he merged the two together. It would take another few thousand years or close to 2,000 years, for it to be fully integrated through the teachings of Hasidus and so on and so forth. The Rebbe points out particularly that Tzemach Tzedek, 
who was an incredible unifier between these two parts of the Torah. The Munkacher Rebbe, the Minchas Alazar. There's various people that they are very, 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 very much unified in these two par- elements of the Torah. And you see it by the Rebbe more than anybody else. And the Rebbe, you see an interesting thing. In the Nigla, he reveals the Pneumius, and in the Pneumius, he reveals the Nigla. Always. The Rebbe is like amazing. For example, Rambam is a safer of Nigla. Nigla. It's halacha. Once the Rebbe instituted Hasidim to learn Rambam, whenever the Rebbe would speak on Shabbos or on special occasions, he would explain the passage of the Rambam of that day. And he would always give you the Hasidus of the power of the Rambam, the, the Pneumius of it. Then there's something else. There's Rashi. Rashi, the people that were serious learners, Lamdanim, Gemara scholars, Rashi of the Torah was always like Medrash. Rashi is a quota. Rashi is a compilation of a whole bunch of Medrashim. And he just, Rashi needed to fill, so he would, come to, he would grab a few Medrashim, throw them together, and make a Pirish. But no one sat down with seriously analyzing these Rashis from a pure, you know, deep and comes the Lubavitcher and he discovers the deepest brilliance and Ga'inus. He rips apart the Rashis down to their very, very, you know, shreds them and, 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 and builds them up again and reconstructs and shows you that Rashi was a Ga'ana Ga'inim and this Pirushan Chumash is like, um, it's original, it's not Midrashic. So you see that in, the, in that which people used to see more as Drush and as Medrash and as more like Pneumia Satyra, he finds the Enigma. On the other hand, the Rebbe also finds in Rashi Yenei Shel So you see this complete convergence of this. This is a quality of Reb Shimon Ba Yochai. Through Rashi Nisrapa, it heals. It becomes nullified, this partition. Between the revealed part of the Torah and the hidden part of the Torah. Until Nigla and Nister are totally one. Holding Sif Gimel. So now we'll understand. Now we can understand why we say that the distance between Rabbi Shimon Bayachoy and all the other sages. To the point that he's the only Tana, here, the only Tana that we sit and we praise him. We sit and we sing songs last night for hours praising Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. Why? Because we, because, and we gave the comparison just like we praised the Abishter. And we said that the, that the distance between Reb Shimon Bar Yochai and his colleagues is the same like the difference between creator and creation. Unbelievable. And that's the reason why in order for us to be able, it doesn't say the same, but similar. That's what I would better word. Shalachain, therefore. In order to evoke the Shefa from Reb Shimon Bayachai, Yachai, they needed to praise him. The elevation of Yechida. This that Yechida is higher than Nefesh Ruach Neshama and Chai. Remember, we're saying, Rav Shemba Yechai, he's Yechida. And there, and there, and there, and the other Tanoim are related more to the lower part of the Neshama. Or to, the, the, Yechida is above the other parts of the Neshama with an infinite elevation. That's why it's called Yechida, Lashin Yachid. It's singular. That means it doesn't, usually when you count, you say one, two, three. But if you want to say there's one and one and only, you say one. 
So that means there's nothing else that comes after it. It's absolutely, it's, it's on a level onto its own. The Toyer Yachid, the Toyer Yachid, Moirish, Ein Shein Eloi, there's no second one to him. The Agam Shagam Yechidu Nitzitz Nivram. Now, even though he's asking, Yechida is still not, it's still not, it's still not Hashem. Yechida is, is the Nitzitz, this is what it says in, in Arizal. When the Abishta gave the five, the five, the five levels of Nisham and Hashem Yechida, it says the Yechida is a Nitzitz, it's a spark of creation that hosts inside of it a spark of the Creator. So the Yechida is not yet a locus. It's the keli, it's the vessel where pure divinity resides. So Yechida is not completely yet outside of the realm of the other levels. And to add to the question, all the five dargas have a shaykhist to the nefesh, that's enclosed in the body. And it's also in, the, in a manner of a name. Like we say, There are five names to the nefesh that's in the guf. So you see, even the yechida has a shaykhis to the guf. Nevertheless, what's its inyan? What is it all about? What's the yechida all about? Its inyan is that it's mekabel from the yachid, which is the ebishter. So what's the inyan of Rav Shimon by Yochai? His inyan is he receives. He's directly plugged into God himself. He's a recipient of the ebishter's light. And he's, as we said earlier, completely attached to it. To the point that he's unified with it. Nitzitz nivra shein yonoi. What's its inyan? It's taka nitzitz of a creation. But its inyan is mashaboy meslabish nitzitz boiroi. Its entire content is that in it is enclosed a mitzvot, a spark of the Creator. And this is in every Yechidah. How much more so when we deal with the general power of Yechidah, as it is a collective, the Neshama Yechidah Kaileles of all the Jewish people. The general Yechidah. The Eshtalshalus of the entire Eshtalshalus of all the worlds. Umakoshkin the Torah. Especially the Yechida of Torah, which is what we said before. It is without an end higher. That means he's saying is Chasidus, which is the Torah, the inner, inner, inner light, is infinitely higher even than the Neshama of Torah, which is Kabbalah. And that's why, you see, there is Yetzirah. Everywhere there is Yetzirah. There are Jews who don't want to learn the, the hidden part of the Torah. They're still stuck in the idea that you can't learn it unless you're 40 years old. They're still stuck way, way back 300 years ago. They haven't updated that we have to, today's days, the Arizal already said it's a mitzvah for people to already study the esoteric. Then there are Jews who want to learn the esoteric part of the Torah, but they think learning Kabbalah is more cool than learning Hasidus. So they don't want to come learn Hasidus, they want to learn Kabbalah. They're very happy. If you, if you put words Hasidus, they're not coming to the class. But when you put Kabbalah, oh, then you're going to have 300 people by the class. Because everybody wants to learn Kabbalah. If they learn Kabbalah, it has nothing to do with their life. They're learning about uh, whatever. Fine, say your shame. But Hasidus is what you need. Because Hasidus, so you see, the Yitzhahara is going to get you everywhere. It'll even let you learn Kabbalah. Not Why? Because Hasidus is the Nishmasa, Linishmasa. The neshama to the neshama. Malachas kama v'kama. 
And definitely, if it's higher than the neshama of Torah, it's definitely higher than the goof of the Torah, which is the revealed part of the Torah. Which is called the body of the Torah. In order to evoke Reb Shimon Bayechai's Shefa, Pchenas Eitan, which is Reb Shimon Bayechai, is the Eitan. He is the inner point of connection to God. Yechida, Ubefrat Pchenas Apnimiyash Shebezeh, especially the innermost of the Yechida, the innermost of the Eitan. Helem Shalitzayrach Atzma, which means you want Reb Shimon Bayechai not just to inspire you or to give you inspiration, you want him to share his deepest self with you. Because in Rav Shemim himself, there is Rav Shemim giving people, you know, what he feels they can handle. And then there's Rav Shemim revealing himself, who he truly is. His true essence, his true connection to God. That's what he says, Things that are concealed in him that are just for himself. His very private self. Rav Shemim to reveal his panemius. And that, and that, to who? To the other Tanoim. To empower them. It should be drawn down into the reveal, into the learning of Torah, nigla the Torah, the revealed Torah, and it should go down all the way to Rabbi Yehuda, who should receive Rabbi Shimon Bayechai's influence. All the Tanoim, even those that have gone down into the darkest crevices to work down there in the mines, like Rabbi Yehuda is doing, who's working in Ezekiel, he too should receive Rabbi Shimon Bayechai's influence, but not stam Rabbi Shimon Bayechai's influence, but Rabbi Shimon Bayechai's inner influence. That their learning, they were completely enclosed in worldly things. To, to, they were the miners who are there mining the mine, looking, separating the good from the bad. So in order for them to be able to elicit influence of Shem they needed to sing Bar Yechai and, and praise him with all his praises. In order to be that has no comparison, who are they could like 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 to be if, if, like we said earlier that the Abishter that he should give Ashpa to the world that is meaningless to him, you have to praise him. as we said before. and now we need to understand. So now so according to this, we kind of very much downplayed the other Tanoim. They're like down in the trenches. Reb Shimon is way up there. They all need him. But now the Rebbe is going to explain how the whole Indian of Reb Shimon is dafka to go down to the trenches and to give to the Because the ultimate desire of God is in the trenches. So the Rebbe and the Mimer is going on both sides. On the one hand, he explains that Reb Shimon he's plugged into God himself. Even when he learns Nigla, he knows, he knows the Nigla from the Pneumius, from the Hasidus. He knows it from the Eberster. And then he, he's on a completely different level. But on the other hand, the guys that are on the trenches, they're fulfilling the ultimate desire of the Eberster of refining the world. And that's where God wants a home in the lowest of the law. So here he's going to explain the tremendous interplay between Reb Shimon Bayechai and the other Tanayim. Achtarich Lavu, we need to understand. He's asking the question that I asked earlier. Since Reb Shimon Bayechai was completely separated from all the Tanoim, how will their praises? How will their praises um, impact him? And to the point that it should evoke 
And it should be that if they're meaning, if they're nothing compared to him, so why, if they praise him, it means something. You know, if you're praised by someone who's of your, of your caliber, it means something. Or people that are higher than you, praised by people that are so much lower, why would that evoke it? So, just like with the same question is on God. The praises that we praise the Ebishter, that he should be more, that he should want to give to the Nevra'im to the creations. Where do we have to be evoke the Ratzon? We have to evoke the Ratzon from the Bala Ratzon, from the, from the source from where the will comes from, which is in God Himself. That is way above the entire evolving, evolving uh, order of the world. It's explained many places. Through praises, we evoke the will that Hashem should want to be enclosed in the spheroids, which means Hashem is not within the spheroids. He's undressed, He's removed from all attributes, from all limitations. So He is very, very private and very, very locked up in Himself. And so the question is, in that place, everything is meaningless. So how is it that, you're praised, that us praising Him uh, reaches Him? That our praises should occupy space in the essence of the Oyrin Soif. That it should mean something to the Eibishter. The Yedu'ah Inyan Bezad is no the Inyan. The Zashalos Mamdan Evroim. This, so what's the Inyan? What's the explanation? So here's Givaldic. The reason why our stimuli, that we stimuli from below, actually causes a stimulation above and causes God to respond. This, that the, our stimulation from below, including the praise that we praise, kind of tickles God, if we can say, to, that He should want to give down so it was what God desired. He desired that there should be such a kind of a... That His insignificant creations should be able to stimulate Him. So it came up in the Ebersh That the raising of the feminine waters of the creations should occupy space by Him. Which means, should mean something to Him. Even though in terms of their essential quality, they're all meaningless. And therefore, they shouldn't evoke anything. But he decided that they should, he decided these little, tiny, little, insignificant ants, when they sing to him, it should be like a magnificent choir. Not only that, the Abish to desire, the Abish to made himself vulnerable to our Shvachim. That when we praise him, we can get him to change his mind. Not only, see, sometimes a person has of a certain. I'll give you an example. Here's an amazing thing. Ah, it's unbelievable. See, I didn't chapsach the depths of this. Oh, he says, good. So watch this. What's good? I'll tell you what's good. What's good is like this. It's one thing to say that when a person has. Let's say you have a guy who, who, who already decided in his mind that he would like to give money to so and so or to this or to this. It's just that he got fashlept, or maybe his, his desire for it got a little dried up. So you have to like re, re, refresh it. 
So you can say it, that doesn't take that much work. But what happens if he already made the decision that he's not? He doesn't always have an interest in it. And he has an interest in something else, but not that. Ah, so now you have to pump all, you have to cause him to change his mind. That you need so much more of an influence. The significance of the, of the one who's making the petition, the one who's asking is to be so much stronger, to get even the one who is not interested to change his mind. That's so much deeper. So, um, by, by Hashem it's that way. Because what's the point? When we daven, what do we want by davening? We don't just want to stimulate the Abishter's ruts and that the Abishter, you know, if he, if he wants to give us parnasa, he should give us more parnasa. No, our avoda is that even when God has v'shom decreed on a person poverty, or God has v'shom decreed on a person the opposite of anything less than perfect health, or has v'shom that the life has to end, or anything has v'shom like that, we want the Abishter to change his mind. To change his mind. And... And who's petitioning? Asking God to change his mind? Who? The Abishter said, ask me. The Abishter says, ask me. And you will cause me to change my mind. Why? He, so he wished. So he wished that we should be able to direct his, the way he, the way he, the way he directs the world. That itself is, is crazy. The Abishter has let us, you, yeah, you, you, you went in the middle of your kitchen, Sitting on or sitting in your den, getting sitting on a rickety chair that's half broken, saying to him or whatever it is. What I mean, it's not like you know who knows who, what, where, and when. You have a situation; things are not running the way you want it to. You're davening to Hashem to help you out, and God says, "I want you to coax, to inspire me to change my mind." And that's what happens. Through the elevation of feminine waters of the creation. There should be a change in the light. That the light should come down to a place meaning that doesn't have any, any value. Ah, here he's not even talking about anything I just said, I'm sorry. Any, just take out everything I just said. No, what I said is true and it says it in other places but here he doesn't, he's not saying that. What he's saying is just the mere fact that the Abishter should bring his light down to the world, that itself is changing, changing something above. That Hashem's hashpa, that usually is above the creation, should make its way down to a very insignificant place called planet Earth. Right? How is that? So the Rebbe says, this is what, so it says in, so it says in Tzemach Tzedek. And Tzemach Tzedek is kach olor the Tzemach Tzedek explains that the whole power of a Sarusa de Latata, of our evoking from below in prayer, or Allah's man, is not because it's essentially, it's legitimate, it, it essentially has power, it's because so God wanted it. But the Rebbe is now going to give an explanation of what's the panemius of that. Ooh, to be able to do that, you have to be inside the Abishter himself to know what God's real panemius Ah, this is good. The Tzemach Tzedek says it, but he doesn't go as far as the Rebbe goes in it. What's the explanation? Since God has a taiva, to have a dira b'tachtoinim, to have a dwelling place in the low. The idea of a taiva is beyond reason. 
When a person has a desire, a true taiva, it, it, it's not rational, it's not logic, it's so it is. It doesn't have to make sense. Since God's deepest desire is to have a dwelling place in this world, that's, and that's what... And that's what jump-started all of creation, that God wants to have a dwelling, a home in this world. And what kind, we're in this world. Hashem wanted to have a home in the lowest, in the lowest part of the world, here in L.A., in Hollywood. This is where God wants to have a home. That's why, ah, here the Rebbe is saying something even better than we were thinking. What is he saying? The more you're fulfilling God's desire to have a dwelling place in the world, the more your tehillim and your petitioning and your davening has an effect. So most people will say, oh, my Eltezede, my two, two, 2000, uh, you know, 200 years ago, they, when they davened, my Baba, she had such a pure heart. She cried, she said tehillim, that their tehillim had impact. But us, eh, what kind of davening do we daven? What kind of learning do we learn? What kind of mitzvahs do we do? What kind of... No, 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 the Rebbe is saying. The only reason we have power in our davening and anything is because the Abishta made us important. And why does he make us important? It's because we can give him something that he doesn't have, that he wants. And what does he want? He wants to have a home in the low. And in which place does he want to have a home? In the lowest of the low. Comes out that those who live in the lowest of the low, in the lowest time which is in the end of days, have more power in their prayer than anybody else. Here am I. It's Kvaldic. No one in all of history can daven as much as we can daven here in Los Angeles. I mean, I don't know if we're the lowest, but we're pretty close to the lowest. And we're living at the lowest of times. And that's the Abishtas Tainuk. And, and, and have, so the Abishtas knows he's got to work with us. Because we're, we hold the key to the fulfillment of his Tainuk. Isn't amazing that? We hold the key because if we don't make him a dira betachtainim, he doesn't have his dira. If we don't allow God into our into our mundane aspects of our life, God's God is left with a taiva unfulfilled. And we know how terrible that is when you have a taiva and you don't and, and it's left unfulfilled. You feel horrible. God doesn't want to be left with a taiva unfulfilled, and it's in our hands. So therefore, when we dive into Him, He's got to respond to us too. Eh? You imagine, imagine how vulnerable the Abishter is to us. And that's why we can be Mamshech his oil, and our davening has an effect. It's gewaldic. And you can't, they can't explain this. The Abishter needs something from you there. Yeah, he does. That's why we can impact the light. We can even add. This will also add another interesting thing. The reason why most of the prayers that we actually pray, when we daven, in the words of songs before davening, when we're praising God, we're not praising Him about very esoteric things. We praise Hashem how Hashem takes care of little creatures down here. Why is this our praise? If you, if you, you say, okay, we understand we have to praise him kind of to like 
get Hashem into the mood of giving. But, but why do we praise Him about Him taking care of, we say, you know, you take care, you feed the birds, you feed the this, you feed the animals, why are we saying such, Hashem has other much mightier things that He does. So in addition, He says, because this is where we, we want Hashem to take a give down here, that's what we praise Him about. But in addition to that, it's because down here He cares much more about than what happens up there. God cares much more about what happens down here than up there. Because here is where he has it. Here is, his, here is where he desired to have his home. In addition to this, that the shvach, the praise, has to be similar to the shefa. In which we want to be more. So if we want our cow to have milk, so, so that a, we want to, to speak about Hashem feeding the cow, we need to make the shvach in this Indian. In addition to that, in through this that we praise the Abishters hashpa to the low to the lowly creatures, Al We evoke by the Abishter. And we, we, we stir up and we reveal the pleasure that God has in a dwelling in this world. Oh my goodness. I never knew there's such treasures in this mimer. I didn't even chapsach. I read this earlier. I just went through this very quickly. I didn't realize what he's saying over here. The Abishter has an incredible delight in this world, but that's a delight that not necessarily God feels all the time. It's just like a person who has deep, 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 deep delights and deep pleasures, but they're so deep that because they're so deep, they're so inward that you don't necessarily are conscious of them. We have to make the Abishter conscious of how much this world means to him. It really does, because it was his taiva that started it all. But it is possible that that inyan is so deep, it's not in a state of isoiridus. It's not in a state of giloi, of revelation. It's hidden. It's hidden deep, 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 deep in the recesses, so to speak, of God's subconscious, so to speak, in His heart of hearts, is that tiny, but it's not stimulated. But when we praise the Abishter about His work down here, He suddenly comes into focus, and He comes into focus, His relationship with down here. And that down here is what really, 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 really is meaningful to Him. So that's why praising Hashem about all the good that He does is very, very effective. And then once the Abishta realizes how much this dira down here is important to him, so he definitely is going to support all those that are involved in making him this home. Who's involved in making him this home? It's us. As he has to give us what we need in order to make this home. Says then what's going on? It's like a person has sometimes certain projects, a certain thing you, you, you wanted a house. A person wants a home and they get involved there. But then for two, three years, they forget about it. They get busy. Their mind is like, so, but then if they go and they bring someone to the house and they start showing him what their dreams are, they, they're like, it like re-inspires their desire that they have in the house, that they themselves have gotten like, it's gotten on the back burner. It's possible by God too that the Deir Betachtayin can get into the back burner. Who do you think gave the, who reminded the Abishter about Deir Betachtayin? The Abishter. Sorry, I'm, I'm very unfiltered today, so please. Who, who, the Abishta totally forgot about Dira Betachtayna until the Alter Rebbe came along and the Alter Rebbe told the Abishta, what's with this? I, I know, I was there when you deliberated within yourself 
how you, why are you creating the world? You had a deal, you had a design. They said, ah, so the, the Alter Rebbe started it. Then the Rebbe took it to a whole new level. The Rebbe really showed the Abishta that he wants it down here and not up there. See what's going on? I don't understand how, how does the situation give the meaning. But because the Abishta wants a dira, that's why the Tachtainim are important to him. And once the Tachtainim are important, then that's why they're, they're Halos man. Yeah, he chose it without a reason. That's an essence. He chose it without a reason. But once... Yeah, that's the reason. The panemius of the... Re- it's not a reason. You say, Halal Osman doesn't have a reason. But the ta- there's a tainug there. What's the tainug? He wants a dira in that tachtaim. So now... The same is also in the Shvachim of Rajbi. Which means like this. The fact that Rabbi Shimon Yechoi is a great mystic and a great saint, that's very nice. That's wonderful. But if he's not going to get his light and his deep, deep inner secrets out into the outer part, then we're, he's... Rabbi Shimon Yechoi is, is it's not, like it's, his Indian is not being realized, what he's all about. What I'm saying is, you know, is Reb Shimon by Yechoi's life celebrated by a little, small, tiny yeshiva of Mikubalim somewhere farshtekt in a secret place in Yerushalayim or in Tzvas or in Maron? Or is Reb Shimon by Yechoi's essence and Indian revealed? In pamphlets and uh, and things that are spread across the world with little esoteric ideas that reach millions of people that are not shy to to, to the to the finesse to the to the elegance of Panimius Torah and they read an idea and they get inspired. What's more, the Indian of Reb Shimon So the Rebbe is saying that no, the Indian of Reb Shimon is to get out into the trenches. Just like the Abishter has a dwelling in the low. The dwelling in the low is that because Rabshim Bayhai and the Abishter are totally one. What's Rabshim Bayhai? We said earlier. He's Yechida. He's one with the Abishta. And what's what's in Yechida? The Giloi outside. We asked the beginning. He asked, how can Rabbi Huda and the other sages, who are infinitely or or not infinitely, they are um, they are they're incomparably lower than uh, um, what's the word like comparably no incomparable they're incomparable in their I don't know I don't have a word so um, how is it that they praise him and they evoke in him that he should he should be much to them in the learning of Torah of the Tanoim. Which their limud was to, to rectify the world. Is because there is an advantage in the Birurim. There is an advantage. There's something really great in this idea of rectifying the world. On the idea of just revealing godly light above. 
rectifying the, the low world is in a sense much greater than just illumination of holiness in the higher realms. The real rutzen, the real desire and the pleasure of above, who dafka is dafka in the rectification of the low elements of this world. They're the founders of the earth. So Eretz is two things. Eretz is the world that needs a tikkun, but Eretz is also rutzon, because where is God's rutzon in the Eretz down here? Yaserim is even more than this. There's one thing called Ratzon. Ratzon is one thing. But there's another thing called Chuka. Chuka means a, having a deep inner longing for something, a longing of pleasure. Like it says, You remember the earth, and you satisfied her. But you see the word Shaykeka related to the word Oretz. That means Oretz has the Chuka. The desire and the longing and the pleasure and the delight of above, who be'eretz dafka is dafka in eretz. Be'bitter devarim agashmiim and the rectification of physical things. Who be'frat be'bitter inyanim deneziken to rectify the matters of damages. Shenasa yedei asanim moistei eretz, which happened through the tanoim. The tanoim, the moistei eretz, they're the ones who bring. They're the ones who bring a tikkun into the things that are are moist that are. And through the hamshacha of light, of So that's where the taino gives. But through the hamshacha of light of which is above the birurim, which is the Torah of Shemem Bayechai. Le'eisanim, to the people that are in the trenches, to the Eisanim, Moise Aretz, those that are fixing the world, now when they get this extra light, what does it do? It gives them extra vitality into, to be able to do a better job. You understand, people, those people that are, let's say, when, 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 when people who are mainly learning Nigla the Torah, when you give them a little, a little vart of Pinimiyas HaTorah, it gives them such a chayas, and it gives them extra energy in their learning of Nigla, because they appreciate suddenly a little bit of light. So those people that are busy with doing the work that's more rectifying the world, when they receive this higher learning, these higher, deeper secrets, it invigorates them. They do their work better, it causes greater pleasure above, and therefore... That enhances Rabbi Shimon Bayechai as well. So there is an inter. But he's basically saying, on the one hand, the first half of the Mimer explained how he's totally above them, but now he's he's explaining how he is so dependent on them as well. He's totally above them, but they enhance him because ultimately God's desire is in the in the low. So this. Goes back to the light itself, which is Rabbi Shimon Bayechai, and gives him extra light. Because the, the greater light comes dafka from the bearer, from the rectification of the darkness. Not only that, so not once it's drawn to the etanim, the tanoim. Those that are moiste eretz, which what's their business? They're birurim, they're doing the fixing. Hashefa de Rajbi, once they receive the hashpa of Rabshimim Bayachoi, or Shalamailum Inyan Abirurim, 
That means that the people, they learn a mimer. They receive a little bit light that's above the birurim. They hear something of yeshnam beza mailas. Now we have both qualities. What are both qualities? Hamaila de ur yosher. The Milo of direct light, which is Rabshimim by Yechoi, the whole thing we explained earlier that Rabshimim by Yechoi knows God's will from inside out. He's not extrapolating it from the outside in. So you have a certain clarity, you have a certain truth that you don't get when you're looking at it from the other way. On the other hand, there is a quality, Dafka coming from the rectification of things that are low. And like this, you have both of them converging together. Valderech, this is similar to the idea. Of la'atovet tzadikayo b'teyufta, that tzadikim will do tshuva. What's the quality of tzadikim? The quality of a tzadik is that he knows. The quality of a tzadik is that if you want an, a tzadik, he's, he's comparing over here. He's comparing over here the the. He's comparing over here the. Um, the qualities of tzaddik and bali tshuva. So what's the difference between... Yeah, you're going to catch him right now. He's a good catch now. Yeah. But yeah, we need you up. Or else you're enhancing. You're giving a little... Uh... In any case, the difference between tzaddik and bali tshuva, what's the mila? Um, each one has a quality. Bali tshuva has fire that the tzaddik doesn't have. The mila of the tzaddik is that the tzaddik has clarity. The Balchuva doesn't have. Balchuva doesn't have the clarity that tzaddik has because tzaddik knows. So now it's together. Hamila tzaddikim, hamila the bali tshuva. V'yash lekasher zeh Because the sparks of holiness that you rectify, that's bali tshuva. That's coming from the low. It's returning. V'yash lekasher zeh maimer We can connect this all with. A, a teaching of the Zohar. Zimna Chodavitzarech Alma Lamitra. There was one time the world needed rain. Also the Kamen Reb Shimon. So they came in front of Reb Shimon. Reb Yesi, Reb Chizkiah, Veshar Chavraya. Reb Yesi, Reb Chizkiah, Reb Chizkiah, and the rest of the Chavraya. Vayadei Shadarish Lohem Bepasakine Matoivum Anoam Sheves Achim. Then Reb Shimon, usually when you came to a tzaddik and you asked him for to the to, 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 to be mavatal gezera, there was a drought then. In order, you needed the tzaddik would start davening, and he would daven. Reb Shimon Yechai didn't daven. He said Torah, and by saying Torah, it started raining. Yared Matar, rain came down. So the tzemach tzaddik explains the Adma Marash, and so to the Rebbe Marash, the Agam Sheresh Bihim Shech Yeridus Akshamim Ayadei Amiris Torah B'Derech Lomaylo Lomato. Reb Shimon Yechai drew down. The 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 um, the rain through a drawing Torah down from above. Prayer means you're working your way to God from below. You're asking, you're begging, you're pleading, you're sending your petition up. Maybe the Abishta will answer. Maybe you won't. In in when when, when you're bringing rain through Torah, it's almost like Rav Shimon himself was directing the rain. He's, he he just. He was up there. He just turned the faucet on. He just directed it from above. So even though Reb Shimon had tremendous quality that what? That he was able to bring Torah down from above. I'm sorry. He was able to bring Torah from above and with that the rain. But interesting. He was only able to do it after they came to ask him for the rain. 
Rav Shemba Yechai doesn't know there's a drought. He knows a drought. He can just he can start saying Torah on his own. They had to initiate it because you want to have the Mila of both things. You want to have the Hisarusa de Latata. You want to have the arousal from below, and you also want to have the quality of the Sarusa Deliela, of things coming from above, which in then they come in a very clean, clear, and unobstructed way. They also needed the halos man, the raising of the feminine waters of the rest of the sages. And they praised them also. They added extra light to the Rajbi because they added their quality. What's their quality? It's their Oisik and Dira more than him. So they gave to him their sparks of holiness. They gave him that a connection to the low to the lowly world where God has more interest in. Al <laughs> similar to what the Gemara says, that sometimes my students give me more. I learned more, I learned a lot from my teachers, but I gained more from my students. So the same thing, Rabshimabayachoy receives from them, even though they're his students. We can say is the there's a special connection to rain, Dafka. Because by rain, it requires a mist going from below. The system of rain is a hashpa that comes after a serusa de latata. It comes after an arousal from below. In other words, even though Reb Shimon Bayechai's essential way in which he dealt with the problem was not to start davening and being ma'or a serusa de latata, but rather he went from above and he drew the rain down right away, but still... Since rain be'ikr, only rains when we do tshuva, meaning rain, the system of rain is that it requires a mist coming from below and then it comes. So even when Reb Shemim Bayechai circumvented the system, he still had to work somehow with the system in the sense that it should have the quality of a serusa delatat. Because by rain it says, Hashem did not make rain. And there, is no, there was no human to, to work the land. The, 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 the fall of rain is through the avod of man. And more specifically, the avod of tshuva. Like Chazal said, the pasuk, may my teachings drip. Chazal used the word shavru abrios as erpon. If the creations break their stiff-neckedness, rain will come. So you see from this. That rain particularly is related to tshuva, which is, which is an exercise from below. Someone who is distant is coming back. Not someone who is connected, who is channeling, but more like a baltshuva, as we said earlier. So, and when Rav Shemim Bayechai brought rain down through saying Torah, from up down, but also it had man of his talmidim from below. There were both qualities. So basically, what he's saying is like this: the Rebbe is very, very strong, but the Rebbe gains tremendous, tremendous from the Hasidim. Because we are we are dealing with the stuff that he doesn't deal with directly. And by us working with this with this physical world, we empower him. With the power of the Nesava Kadish Baruch Elias, like Dira Betachtainim, and therefore we give him that extra empowerment to be able to bring us tremendous light from above. Unbelievable. Well, if we can add, this is a very, very beautiful piece. It struck me even when I learned the mimer 
mindlessly, not paying attention, this piece really excited me. This hamshacha of the shefa of Reb Shimon which is the Eitan, the Yechida, that he's giving them, he's giving them Moizdei Eretz, the founders of the earth. So forget, first he empowers them to be able to do their work. And we said earlier, he has to give them the connection and then they contribute to him back. He's explaining it's similar to what it says elsewhere. In the We say an interesting thing. We know there is a halacha. There is a halacha. It's an interesting halacha. Yeah, push-ups. 20 push-ups. Oh, okay. So now, let me tell you like this. It says like this. We know that Allah is like this. That when a person... Um, Where there's an object on the street in a public domain and that object is, is within the four cubits of someone which is about six feet in a six foot radius from where a person is standing and it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an object that doesn't belong to anybody it's hefker so the Allah is your, your space itself can acquire that object. Talad Amishal Adam The four cubits of a person can act as a can make a kinyan, can acquire it. So the question is, I didn't touch it, I didn't pick it up. It's just because it's in my space. Why is if it's in my space, how can I be kinyan? So Khsidis explains the reason is because your Yechidash Nefesh is hovering around you. Your nefesh ruch neshama is inside of you. So in order for you to connect to something with your nefesh ruch neshama, it has to go into your body space, into your hands, into your... But when <coughs> something is in your four cubits, it's in your yechida zone. And you can acquire that object because it's in your yechida zone. You have a relationship. What? The makif. It says yechida, not makif. Not chai. The yechida daf. The makif... I don't know if the makav of Cha spreads four amas. It spreads maybe a little close to the person. Four amas, four cubits, that's, your, that's the, that's the yechid. But here's an interesting thing. This that we say that, it's, that, that, it, that it spreads in your four amas is only in regards to what? To be kaina chayfetz. To, to acquire an object. If an object is ownerless, it's hefker, you can acquire that object. So what do you see from here? That the now when you say it's oh, but it, why is the yechida? Let me add one more thing. Why does the yechida reveal itself dafka in four cubits? Why does the yechida reveal itself in four cubits? The yechida. So it's not only that your space four cubits around you is the yechida. Why dafka four? 
is because the Yechidosh HaBenefesh expands into the four dimensions of your soul. Yechida doesn't remain separated from all, the, from all the other parts of the Neshama. The whole point is that the Yechida is the essence of everything. And it permeates the, the, the Chai, the Neshama, that even the Seichel of a person is permeated with Yechida. Even your right, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai are all saturated with the Yechida. That's why Yechida goes into your four Amas. The four Amas, one Amma around you is your Nefesh. Second Amma around you is your, your Ruach corresponds to your Ruach. The third Amma corresponds to your Neshama. And the fourth Amma to Yechai. And in all of them is the beauty of That's why it's not five Ammas. Because the Yechida, I think, doesn't have any relationship to any space. It's utterly spaceless. But it does influence, it permeates into the levels of space, which are the Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, and the Chai. So that's why it resides in the four Ammas, and that's why it makes a Maise Kinyan. Oh, so what is he adding? Expands in a dalit amas of a person. So it says in, in Imre Bina from the Mitla Reb. That's why a, a dalit amas is koina. Even when you don't have das, even if you're not mindful of it. When do we use this idea that, the, that, it, that you have your four cubits that can be koina is in order to be koina achefetz? What, what does it mean to be koina achefetz? Haknas dover gashmi. So what does that mean? You're taking a physical item and you're making it yours. It's becoming part of a Jew's possession. If it's becoming part of a Jew's possession, it means that physicality is being elevated. It's entering into the human being. And what is the human being supposed to do with it? It's supposed to elevate it. In order to refine it. And to purify it. That a person will use it for the right purposes. Oh, and that, in regards to that halacha, then we say the yechida is in your four amos. So what do you see from here? It's dafka to, to, to be koina chayfets that's outside of you. To pick up something physical, earthy, something part of the unrefined world yet. And that, to elevate that, dafka, that's so important, that's so deep. It's negayati yechidah shabbenefesh. And the yechidah shabbenefesh then exp- permeates all the other koiches of your nefesh so that you should have koyach to do that elevation. Valderech zehu gamba yechidah the Torah, Torah Rashbi, the Torah of Reb Shemim she mis oireres. What is moirer the yechida of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai? V'nim sheches b'shvil inyan abirurim. In other words, without the inyan of birurim, without the inyan of being koyne achefetz, the yechida shebenefesh we can be lay dormant. It can lay un- inactive. But since, which is the idea that Reb Shimon Bar Yochai remains private for himself, not stimulated. The stimulation of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai comes dafka from the other tanoim. They they praise him. They bring out his strength. They and what is, and what happens when his strength comes out? For what he empowers them to do what to elevate the world. So let's say you can say in, in other words, you can say it with the idea of a rebbe chassid. Say about a rebbe that before he becomes rebbe, his taka private is a great tzaddik and very very high things, but it's incomparable to the time that after he's rebbe. 
Because once he's Rebbe, he's appointed over all those that are out in the fields. All, as we said earlier, all those that are in the trenches. And, and therefore, they stimulate him. And he's mashpiyah to them. And since what's Negea the most is the Koina Chefetz, to be kind of the chayfets. So you see the yechida only becomes an activating force. See, before that, you also have a yechida, but it doesn't become, an, it's not an activating force in your life. But let me ask you a question like this. Is there any other time we say that something happened, there's a change in your life because of yechida shebenefesh? No. Yechida is usually a quiet, oh, but suddenly yechida is here. What? I was able to be kind of that, uh, that money or that... Uh, that, that object, I was kind suddenly Yechida is active, for what? For the lowest thing, to be kind of an object. So you see from here, that's what's Negea to the Yechida Shebenefesh. What's Negea, what's important to the Yechida Shebenefesh is the rectification of the world. Why? Because the Yechida is connected to the Yachid, and what is important to the Yachid, Yachid Chayo Elam, and what's important to the Ebershter himself, Dira Betachtoin. So we have over here an incredible interplay between Rebbe and Chassid, between Rajbi and, and, and his Chassid, between the other Tanoim. Vapikol are now based on all of this. Yuvin Gamzeh will also understand this. Shashvachim shoyim eshapchem as Rajbi. Those praises that they gave to Rabbi Shimon Bayechoyish and maybe about Maimer that he brings in the Maimer. Now he's going to say, what were the praises they said to him? In the Maimer he brings, Rabbi Yehuda Karele Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda would call him Shabbos. And the other one, it says, Mam Rajbi. Who is the face of God, of the Master Hashem, that's Rabbi Shimon Ba'yechai. In these praises is indicated, Exactly, these praises indicate that we're dealing with somebody who is completely above and above and separated, but yet he influences those that he's separated from. It's not a tzaddik that's a tzaddik that, that is separated, oh, he's such a kaddish, he's so holy. No, someone who's holy, but his holiness influences. Shabbos. Shabbos is way above the whole week, but Shabbos influences the whole week. See, Shabbos is like you can't, Shabbos is like, it's not, you can't even, it's, 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 it's not within the same Order of time. It's a complete other zone. Yet, Shabbos has complete influence on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The Yaseirim is and even added to that. Not only that it influences, it's removed and it influences, but its influence comes from the recipient, not from him. In other words, the recipient himself induces it, gets it going. That's one of the things we're saying. The other Tanoim, by them praising Reb Shemim Bayechai, they, they inspired his hashpa. The Rebbe is essentially saying, the more the chassid is excited about the Rebbe, and the more he praises him, meaning he's excited about him, the more he evokes the Rebbe's power. And he receives it in the end, and he's able to do with it so much more. But people see, the problem with learning these Maimarim is as long as you're learning it Rashbi and the... So why do I care now about Rajbi and the Tanoim back then? If I can't associate this with Rajbi in today's days, what does this mean? Okay, then. Why am I? It's like Maimer today, 2,000 years ago. We have to understand that this all translates into practical reality right now. 
in this generation there is also Reb Shimon Bayechoi, who's infinitely above, as I said earlier, from all the other sages. That's why in the Gedolim pictures that they put in, Beisyakov and Avazar, all over, they don't put the Rebbe there, as I said earlier. Because there's a Rajbi who is a totally different league, but on the other hand, he's the one who inspires all of them, all the Rosh Hashivas, Tzadikim, and everybody. But, and the way, however, the ultimate Tashpah comes from the Hasidim to the Rebbe, Rebbe is Dafka when the, 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 we below praise the Tzadik, through our praise of the Tzadik, we bring forth his strength to be mashpia to us. And that's taka become one of the things of darkei ha-chasidim. One of the things of ways of chasidus is to sing the praises of the Rebbe. And people that are not chasidim don't get it. They think it's a form of worship, they accuse it as idolatry, and boom, 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 go jump in the lake. They have no idea what's going on over here. You see that the other needed to in order to be ma'ayr, the power of the tzaddik. They want to deny the whole idea of a tzaddik? Okay, then they have an issue with Rav Shemim Bayechai. I saw one of the comments on Lag Bomer, uh, I think it was in Arut Sheva, it had a, had a video of what's going on. So someone writes over there, uh, why are they singing and worshipping a tzaddik? Let them go worship. We should be worshipping God, not, not making prior, you know, like... Obviously, okay, it's an ignorant person doesn't know anything about the whole, the whole uh, idea of Panimia Satoru, which explains the concept of a tzaddik as the attacher of God in this world. Without the tzaddik, we don't have God real in this world. It's all, of course, the Abish are in this world through the tzaddik. But here we're learning in the mind where the whole meaning of it, how it empowers the tzaddik. He needs us, we need him, and together we work really well. But it requires that, that, that appreciation and that understanding. Understanding that he's way above you, way above, and that your relationship to the Abish to requires your connection to him. That's Shabbos. comes through the Avoida of below. By Shabbos, it says, No, but the first thing he's going to prove about Shabbos is that Shabbos is way above the rest of the week. It's Kodesh. Kodesh Mila It's a word onto its own. It is no erech between it and the six days of the week. Now, even though Shabbos is so above and no shaykhs to the... Still, Shabbos extends its influence, exerts its influence on the days before and the days after. Like we know, three days before Shabbos... From Wednesday and onward, Ukami Shabbat is already considered before Shabbos. And then until Wednesday, which means Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, is after Shabbos. And in addition to that, Shabbos also blesses all the days of the week. And the same is also to the person. Even though Shabbos is very, very holy, and Shabbos doesn't need us to make it holy. Shabbos has an intrinsic holiness. The Mekivah Shekedushas, it's not like Yom Tif, where the Beisden needs to declare Yom Tif. The Mekivah Shekedushas has Shabbos, a Gedusha Nihilus B'yoyser. Since Shabbos is such an elevated holiness, Kodesh Mila Begarmei, it's a level onto its own canal. Ein Shaykh by Tfisis Yedei Adam, no one can touch it. It is so high that it can't be influenced by man. Even, like, no one is able to create this holiness. It's from such a high place. Alpha Pekain, nevertheless, Nitin koyach li Yisrael la hoisif pekidusha sa Shabbos. 
a Jew has the power to add, similar, just like he said earlier, that the other Tanoim were able to add to Reb Shimon Bayachai. Shabbos is the same thing, that a Jew can make Shabbos be more Shabbos. Even though Shabbos, we can't, the essence of Shabbos we can't create. Shabbos is only onto its own. It says, it says in the Pasuk, Lasso says Shabbos, that you make Shabbos. That means at some level we can make Shabbos be more Shabbos. The more we're Shabbos conscious, the more we work during the week in thinking about Shabbos, the more intense Shabbos is. Even though the essential holiness of Shabbos is way beyond us. It says, you remember the days of Shabbos, you make Shabbos holy. Yidin add, not only into the external elements of Shabbos, but into the deepest element of Shabbos, a Jew can add. Why? Because we can add in the pleasure of Shabbos. Colossian Razal Chazal use a, a Lushan, it's interesting Lushan. Simply it means anybody that eats chalent on Shabbos and has pleasure. But then it should say, everybody that causes themselves pleasure on Shabbos. doesn't say whoever causes himself pleasure on Shabbos. It says whoever brings delight into Shabbos. What does that show you? That we have the power to make, to add more delight in Shabbos. So it's the same idea like Rav Shemim Bayachai. He's totally above, but we can give him energy that he doesn't, right? The same is also with the second praise. What was the second praise? Who is the face of, of, of the master? God. The Havaya, let's take a look at this word. Havaya, who, now, what he's saying is, in this praise, you have two opposite ideas. One is Havaya, and one is the other one is Odoin, the master. Master is symbolizing Hashem as He has a relationship with us. He's a master over the world. Havaya is Hashem's essential name, as He is above the creation. Havaya is Hashem's essential name, the explicit name. Specifically designated to God. This that Hashem is a master who To you, Hashem, it is fitting to call you Ad. It is the words of Adam Arishan. You are the master of all your creations. The noise of Lazar, in addition to this, Shashem Adna Besphiris Amalchus, that the name of Adna is in the is in Sphiris Amalchus, the name Aleph Dalit Nun Yud, which is the lowest attribute, like we discussed earlier. Ube Malchus Gufan and Malchus itself, Kamoisha Yaredes Bibriya, as Malchus descends, because we, we learned to many memory, Malchus has two levels. Malchus and Atzilus, and Malchus as Malchus descends in Olam Abriya. Lahavas as Olam is to create the world's Elias Odin Alem to be a master on them. So it's Malchus in a lower place. That Malchus is. In addition to that, the Chazal used the term that God is a master on all his Briya Isecha, on all his creations, which, which is. Uh, indicating the lowest kind of creations, the lowest. Who are the lowest creations? Beings that don't have any other quality but for the fact that they're creations of God. Which is considered the low, lower form. On these creations. That are just considered creations. Which means we have nothing else to praise them but that they are a creation of God. Which is similar to a master. Shatoyer Adoin, who's Alavadim Dafka. Master is Dafka on Avadim. 
Ve'inyan p'nei ha'odoyin havaya. So now when we say, p'nei ha'odoyin Hashem, hu as'achtus ta'havaya sheima etzem im b'chinas adna. It's taking God's essential name, havaya, with adna, odoyin l'chol b'riyasecha. Same idea like we said earlier, of Shimon Bayachai, he takes the deepest of the deep, the Eitan, and he connects it to the, all the Tanoim. That's why by the mitzvah of Ria, which is coming to see God when you come pilgrimage holidays, it says, Mayan. 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 Forget it. Kishem shabaliroiz kach baliroiz kach baliroiz. Just like you come to be seen, so you come to see the noise of lezeh. In addition to this, I have to get my water gun out. Get me a nice, big, good water gun next week. Come on, who's gonna pay? No, Ariella, you can take care of that. We got a nice, good water gun, and we're gonna have it special. The noise of Lazar, in addition to this, at the time of going up to the base of Migdash, they would see literally godliness. Ria, seeing is higher than grasping. We're dealing with the highest experience, seeing the innermost of the divine. You see the face. And it wasn't a manner of similar. The way we see him is the way he's seeing us, which is. In order to be able. So now. And that's, that's the Nakuda, taking the highest of the high and unifying it with a lower level. And in, in, in the mitzvah of, of, karbana, of, of coming to the base of Mingdash, it including not only the visual of seeing Hashem, it included bringing a karban. Which karban is birurim. With this we see the great advantage of the avod of birurim. Only from an animal. You see the face. So we see the same idea. I don't want to go into that all great length now, but this is the idea that we have this interplay between the highest of the high revealing itself dafka as a result of a carbon, which is, which is an ingen of birurim, which the two get connected. We're going to learn the last sif now. now, based on all the above, we'll also understand the connection. We'll understand the connection of Reb Shimon Bayachoy's passing to the Sphira Sa'omer, why it comes out at this period of the year, during the time of the Omer. The way we celebrate the day of his Estalkus. We call it Lag Boimer. Lag Boomer. We emphasize the Omer and the count of the Omer. The Indian who, the avoid of the Sphere of Omer, who bitter in our midday is the Nefesh of Bahamas. 
we know that the main time of birurim, of doing rectifications, is during Sfiras Omer. It's Tikkun Hamidos. We work with our animal soul. By this mitzvah we say, listen to this. We danced this last night. Rabbi Kestenbaum was insisting that we dance this nigin dafke. Through this, should come a powerful flow in all the worlds. Now Chassidus, Mayan! 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 Shake the table. Mayan! Mayan! Oh! It's, the mimer is getting really good now. Yeah, really good now. Okay. By the days of Yushpa Shefarav, we say, the Abish should be Mashpia Shefarav, a lot of Ashba, Bechalo Oilamois, in all the worlds. In all the worlds. But the main point over here is Shefa. What's the idea? We do Sphira Saomer. What does that mean? You are working with your, uh, not you, but a person is working with their ugly character, with the negative things. They're trying to prune out the negative, uh, you know, uh, uh, elements in our, in, our, in, in, our, in our character, which we work upon this time. And what is the, my digging and cleaning and pruning my negative traits? is going to be mashpia shefarav in all the worlds? Yes. Because dafka the work down here in the lowest part and making Hashem a home in that which is dark and ugly, dafka there is what affects all the worlds. But he adds even more, the word is shefa. Hasidus explains in many places the difference between shefa and oyer. Oyer is like an external light. A person gives off light, a light shining. It comes effortlessly. The sun doesn't work hard to produce light. Light comes effortlessly. Shefa is when a person is invested in, in transmitting. Shefa is a much deeper hashpa, when you're giving of your panemius. So when we say after Sfira Sa'imer, we say Valyadeyishne. We don't say it after putting on tefillin. We don't say it after lighting Shabbos candles. We don't say it after doing Hanukkah and the menorah. We don't say it after anything. Dafka by this mitzvah, we say Shefa Rav, Bechola Oilamais in all worlds. Ki avoidus abirudim dafka megas la maila in the lowest of the low, touches above, above. not light. which is only a radiance. which is the very substance. not only does it bring shefa, shefa rav a lot. because it's so much. because it's so much. That's why it gets drawn in all the worlds, because. When, if it would be a little bit, it would come into some worlds. But since it's a shparav, it fills all worlds equally. Ad our world. What? The work that we do in our negative elements in our body. And in our world, the lowest place. There isn't any lower. By the way, I just want to add a thing. The reason why North Korea decided to make peace Dafka now during Sfira Sa'imer. The reason why the Iranian, um, um, the Iranian um, uh, um, 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 lies was exposed now this week 
This is all part of the Avodah Sabirurim. This is what we do doing Sphira Sa'imer. Sphira Sa'imer, we're working on rectifying our Nefesh Bahamas. Our Nefesh Bahamas is the source of all the nations. We do a rectification here. And what's the rectification? That which is essentially good. No, that which we can rectify, which means turn over and make it good. So you see, you have a menace, you have a dangerous person, and yet he has an ashab, he has a transformation. And then you have a regime that has been parading around and trying to cover itself up and say that they're, they're, they have only peaceful intentions and so on and so forth. And now it was openly displayed for the whole world, they're a bunch of liars. So this rectification of the world happens during Sfirat Omer, in which we rectify all the elements of creation. Dafka now. It's Mashiach's work, like we discussed in my other classes, in the other classes. But it's showing itself Dafkin during the time, especially this, see, Oasis Gavaldik. First of all, we reached the Rebbe's capital and we were saying, Halos Hashem Kogoyim. The influence on the nations. That's number one, influence on the nations. Number two, Sphira Sa'imer. How do you know Sphira Sa'imer is, 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 is influence on the nations? What do you say right after Sphira Sa'imer? What, what capital to him? Lam Natsayach Beniginois Mizmer Shir. All the nations will know you. Sphira Saomer is the time of Yaducha Amim. Hallelujah, Hashem, Kalagoyim. No one chaps what's happening. Don't you see? This is unbelievable. Mashiach Tzadkenu is turning over the whole world. Right now, in front of our eyes, Tafka does manosphere assignment. So what should we do? We should dance. That's why we danced last night. That's why I was dancing. I don't know if anybody else was dancing. But this is what's going on. The whole world is turning over. This is the connection. The Yemei sphere of the days of sphere. The day of Lag Bo'emer. The sphere of And Lag Bo'emer, we complete the work of sphere of the main work, as Hasidus explains, that Hod Shebahod, which was today, is the last real bearer and rectification that we need to do. The Ikre Hamidus, in which we complete the Ikre Hamidus. And this is the connection list. Talkus Rab Shimon Bayechoi. Tafket to the yards of Rab Shimon Bayechoi. Because what's the beauty of Rab Shimon Bayechoi? Ki Avaydosay Shul Rejbi, the Avoid of Rab Shimon Bayechoi Hoysa, Larapa to heal, Ulevatalas Amachitsois, and to remove all the boundaries, Shebain Kolan Yonim. All the boundaries that exist everywhere. And to draw from the highest to the high, to the lowest to the low. That's From the Eitan, to draw that into the earth. This is more pronounced. On the day of the Istalkus, in a kol avoides adam asher avad, all the work of a person that he worked b'meshach yamechayav in the days of his life, a medes begolu stands revealed, kefishihi b'sharsho makayra, as it is in its source. It can mavur ba'arucha b'drusha lag ba'oyim b'sidro la'admar amtsoi, like it's explained in the Mimer of the Middle Rim. Ve'inyan zanimshach lamata mata ad la'simchi kapshutai, and this is inyan it draws down all the way to actual simcha to bring joy. This brings a tremendous joy. That blasts all boundaries. Eternal joy. 
Hapiretzah says Gidrei Agolos that breaks the 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 fences of the exile. Umeviyas Agula Amitas Fashlema and brings the complete redemption. Aidei Mashiach Tzedkenu through Mashiach Tzedkenu. The Mashiach also lasavet Tzadikaya b'Tiyufta. Mashiach also has this combination uh, of Tzadikim and Balichuv, as we spoke earlier. It's connected also to spreading Hasidus. That we have to take the innermost of the Torah to the outside. May this all be speedy in our days. And in the way we see speedy, speedy now, the way it should be by us speedy, not in God's clock, but in our clock, should be speedy. That's what it means. All right. Everyone, L'chaim.